at the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. And this is Annabelle Lecter. And we're joined by the ladies of Endzone 2. We have Woo. Leanna. Woo! Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Anastasia. Liesel. <laughs> and Maya. Good to see you all again. <laughs> Good to see you. So I haven't seen Maya since we filmed Endzone 2. Same. I'm so happy to see you, Neil. And I'm glad that you wore that hat for us just for this auspicious yeah. occasion. It's <laughs> not just for this. No, he wears it every week. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. I, I wish. It is very warm, too. It's very cold, right? Oh. So let's start from the beginning. How did all of you get involved and what did you think? Like, how was it pitched to you? We'll start with Leanne. Okay. Um, I feel so lucky. I've been friends with uh, Michael and Sophia for a few years now. And uh, I, they sent me an email. They said, we're planning this thing. Here's the loose idea. Would you be interested? And I said, hell yeah. And um, that was basically it. And then they sent me the script and I was like, this is so exciting. I'm in like, sign me up. How can I help? Uh, Maya, how did you get involved? So I actually know Leanne <laughs> because we did a tour together, which was really awesome. I met Leanne right before I came to LA, her and Aviv, shout out Aviv. Um, and uh, they were like, you're going to love LA. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. And like, um, we were able to maintain friendship from this job where we travel on the road. So when they were looking for someone to play Linda, we kind of spoke. We'd already like lived together essentially, like like in a cabin's like space. Yes. So we knew we could cohabitate, which was important. And one time at Michael and Sophia, I fell in love with their idea and this concept. And I'd actually prepared for a horror film right before this one that didn't go. So I was like, I've, I've watched all these movies. I'm like itching. <laughs> and they were able to satisfy that itch by bringing me on. And I'm so, so grateful to played the role of Linda. Yeah, we're all happy as well. Anastasia. So nobody else was kidnapped? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just wanted to make sure. Okay, so that's just me. No, I'm kidding. Um, I played Dahlia. Uh, well, I guess, what was my character's name even? Was it Mary? Yeah. Yeah, there was Mary. It was the Mary. Double name. Oh, no, I already no, have dyslexia, no. so I'm a lost cause. <laughs> but, uh, so friends with Michael and Sophia for what feels like forever. And so whenever mm -hmm. they toss me projects, I just automatically go, hell yeah, sign me up. And then, you know, there we are. The rest is history. Aliza, <laughs> uh, I believe you came in a little later. Yeah, I did. Um, I had met Michael and Sophia, um, but we hadn't spent much time together yet. I knew I I instantly loved them, but um, I had only kind of met them in passing or other, you know, larger social events. So I responded to, I think it was Michael's Facebook post saying like, hey, we need a this type for a something that we can't say anything about. <laughs> I just remember he said something like said something 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 70s Jane Fonda and I was like get out of my way um I think that's my own optimism to to try to submit myself to be a Jane Fonda type but I was in there and um and then as soon as we started talking I just got really excited 
even without knowing all the details um, from all the references that they were throwing out, the character references and the um, and the like style marker films that they sent my way. I just was like, yes, absolutely. Yes, please. Uh, along those lines, you talk about uh, the films. What were some of the films that Michael and Sophia like suggested you got, you all watch to to get like the not just the style, but also the like the acting uh, style, I think. They sent a kind of big list, right? Am I remembering mm-hmm. that? I remember yeah. one of the ones I watched was The Long Goodbye. And I also, mm. for the very first time because of this project, I know I'm really late to the game, but watched the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. that? Oh, mind-blowing. I definitely watched um, Black Christmas, mm-hmm. the original, mm-hmm. um, uh, which was so good. I think I had, I had watched... Texas Chainsaw recently enough that I that I skipped that one. So I but there were a there were a bunch of films on that list, but I definitely paid the most attention to Black Christmas. was actually all over the billboards when I went out to Michael and Sophia's to when we filmed End Zone Two, but not not the original one. The, yeah, the yeah, yeah, that recent one. <laughs> Unfortunately, right, right. <laughs> um, same as these girlies. I'd skip Chainsaw. I wish I could say that I'd watched it. I'm actually a scaredy cat, so I stuck with Black Christmas. <laughs> And then there, well, there was one that was like five desperate women that I also had like reached into and to do. So th- that was where I stayed, stayed in my lane. <laughs> and uh, Anastasia, did they, uh, you've probably seen most of these movies, but uh, did, were there any specific ones that you hadn't seen that they asked you to watch? Um, I'm trying to think. I probably, I don't, I did not memorize the list that they gave us, but I did, I do remember when we, when we were prepping for it, you know, I took the list for a spin and I kind of, um, I kind of went off the rails and decided to kind of make my character more like Sharon Tate. So I started watching a lot of Sharon Tate. So that's just kind of what, you know, was calling for my character. So mm-hmm. and I'm kind of like when I'm building stuff, it's like I, I only, I'll end up reading the script once, but then I don't really want to know anything that my character doesn't know. So watching it at the premiere was all kinds of a surprise <laughs> years later, you know? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get to the premiere, which was a highlight for me. Oh. Uh, Lancho, Sophia, Michael, uh, these are the best people. They're Aww. the best people. Yay, <laughs> love you. Ah! Right back at you. Uh, we yeah. Wow. Now. Shout out to Trista who cannot be here unfortunately, oh, but uh, yeah. she's busy saving uh, dogs, I believe. So it's a perfect. Oh, Trista. And this is Sophia. She's not just Facebook user. It's Sophia. There's a <laughs> Trying to throw us off. Hi from Signal 13 Pins. Jay. Hello. She's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. So, awesome. so um, what did you think of the of the initial idea and also the idea how early was it that you knew like you wouldn't be able to use like your real names? I think it was relatively early on. We knew it was, I at least knew it was going to be a secret for a long time from the beginning. Did you guys? Yeah. Yeah, that was I think I think right after uh after getting like the just the little bit of information that I got before getting the script, it was like, and don't, don't say anything. And also this is sort of a, sort of a long con. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I remember longer con, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I remember there was a day at the cabin where we were kind of like all sitting around the table coming up with our fake names. Oh my God. Love that day. (laughs) And I feel like there was also justification. Everyone had a reasoning behind their name, which was fun. Like when I went back to look, I was like, oh yes. Like I chose alliteration. I was like, ah, like Mm -hmm. it's me. Wink, wink. (laughs) I chose a vaguely Irish name and I was like, uh huh. I'm still not personally willing to admit that I was in this film. I'm like, I'm taking the, I'm taking the con to the grave. You might look familiar, but it's none of your business, honestly. So how has it been just waiting for this credit? Like you've been waiting for the film to come out and have a bigger audience. You've been waiting for even IMDB credits, like all of these different things. How has that been for you? One thing I will say, oh, sorry, go ahead. You go, you, you talk. <laughs> okay, one thing I'll say, like, cause I feel like sometimes it actually can be very painful and I feel like we don't always talk about that because, you know, we're actors and we're supposed to be so, so grateful and we are, but I will say this was not a painful time. I feel like other times I've waited, it's been really like, oh, like not for the same reasons, but it's been like, will this ever happen? Will we ever like, hey, happy Kwanzaa, it's me again. Like I like, you know, doing those painful emails of kind of being like, hey, can I get an update? What I will say like, to Michael and Sophia's credit is I felt like they gave us updates, which was nice. I feel like I got a really good sense of what was gonna happen before we started. And like, luckily enough, like I've gotten to sort of, you know, stay in in touch with social media. And it became this thing of looking forward instead of feeling like impatient for me. Like once the pandemic obviously like, you know, washed through, (laughs) like it was just sort of like, I really began to forget that I was even an actor at all. And so when the premiere, came back around I was like what a freaking gift I was like man oh like I it was it was a light at the end of the tunnel and I know that that wasn't intentional but I'll say like that gave me a lot so shout out to them here here anyone else like the thought you know uh for people don't know we filmed at the end of 2019 and then we did smash in the beginning of 2020 and then um and then everything closed down so it was like you know year a couple couple years before the movie you not only is it out but before anyone can even talk about it so like what is that experience like Liesl? i mean i love the the challenge of of secrecy and not breaking the illusion of a project you know i've done a lot of immersive theater there's always Mm -hmm. an element of that of like is it real is it not am i involved am i not the difficulty Oh, the dog's peeing on the floor. Whoops. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> Bonus feature. He's had a long day and so have I. Um, oh my God. Uh, perfect timing. But I will say that um, there's just, you know, I, I appreciate the challenge, but it is frustrating sometimes to try to figure out how to give up just enough that people mm-hmm. know to come see it or to come to pay attention to it without with you know just that little that little breadcrumb level of like mm-hmm. oh if you pay attention to these pictures maybe you will see someone familiar but <laughs> uh, for like a casual social media view that doesn't really seem to be enough to make someone go oh i get what's going on you kind of have to like mm-hmm. really do it so i i i think i struggled with finding that balance but i loved having you know, a secret project waiting and knowing that it was going to 
come out because that's the missing element on a lot of projects that you do as an actor is, you know, you don't, you don't even want to acknowledge that you were in a thing for yourself sometimes because it may never come out. So for this, knowing that it was still cooking and getting updates from Michael and Sophia and knowing that, that we were going to have something really exciting to show at the end of that was mm -hmm. absolutely sustaining. And, uh, Anastasia, do you have anything to add for uh, just the idea of waiting? Um, well, I mean, it was it was really difficult because I love supporting and blasting things and supporting friends and indie horror. And um, so that aspect was really hard to kind of be on the, the sidelines and be like, touchdown. <laughs> 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 hey, guys. <laughs> I look familiar. <laughs> um, so that and then. Also, I, I don't know. I feel like we all worked so hard and really bonded on set and through, like, I mean, wonderful conditions, but it was kind of chilly some nights, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just feel like I was so proud of everybody just, like, pulling through. I mean, we were, like, a, a underground, like, indie shoe, you know? Like, everybody was taking a chance on this, including you know, the actors. And I just think it came out so well. And it was, it's kind of so special. I didn't want to share it in a way, if that makes sense. It was like, it was like a little close and personal. Like I got to bring my family along with me and got to share it with my daughter, you know, like bringing her on set to see mommy get attacked or like kick butt, you know? So it was, I don't know. It's like a nice little time capsule for me. Yeah, I remember when Neil Neil was sending me messages about what it was like, like the cabin space and trying to like musical chairs with where people were sleeping and going. And it was really interesting. Mm -hmm. So, but it yep. sounds like that for people that get along, that works really well to bring you closer together. It's like you find the faults and you find the cracks in the environment like that. And yes. that's to, to Michael and Sophia's credit because, you know, they pick amazing people to work with. So right off the bat, it's like we already I already know I'm going to be best friends with everybody on set, you know, from in front of the camera to behind the camera. Like I was just having a ball. Besides, like, you know, running for my life, I was having a blast. <laughs> no, it yeah, was a great like, experience. Go on, sorry. Just saying that it's, it really does sound like each person is saying they really hand picked you and said, hey, hey, hey. And then with Maya, you like, they trusted enough to have you come in there. And I think that idea of trust is probably, I'm thinking a big part of what sustained you is that trust in these two people that they were going to keep you posted of what's going on yeah. and deliver. Yeah. And you had that ability to be able to have that faith in them. Yeah. A thousand percent. And the excitement of doing something different. Like yeah. it, it, it is different from the get-go, the, the premise, the structure of it, everything is something different. And that is just so exciting. Mm -hmm. And oh, and Anastasia, you mentioned like, um, in a way, not wanting to share it or whatever, but we have, we have a really cool picture that Richard actually took of all of us. And it's never been shared anywhere, and it is special for uh, just to have that photo. And actually, if I if I have it, uh, if Liesel, Leanne, and I don't have it, I will share it with you guys. Yeah, I don't. Please. Yeah, send it, please. Um, this is also from Facebook user Sophia. She uh, found the email with the references. Yes. <laughs> nice. We want it to feel like a classic 1970s film, very natural mm -hmm. speaking, like an Altman or 
Cassavetti's movie to check out for acting styles, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Three Women, which maybe mm. no one actually watched. I watched a I <laughs> compilation of clips of Three Women. That was all I could find. Okay. <laughs> so long, goodbye. Three Women's great. If you haven't watched it yet, you should watch it. It's it's <laughs> it's spectacular. I remember them mentioning a lot, and I have to admit, I've not seen it, so I feel very bad. It's movie getting movie night. night. <laughs> I try to take notes whenever I do the show. I always hear about these good things. <laughs> this is from uh, Zane, who's also a Facebook user. Michael and Sophia are awesome. I can't wait to check this out. See Which, Catherine by the way, in the chat. Yeah, the link down here, withoutyourhead.com slash touchdown will bring you to the Kickstarter if you'd help like to help get the uh, Blu-ray released. And you also get a special uh, Blu-ray with the slipcover. Pretty stoked yes. to see this. Dave yes. Composer. We've got the composer here. I know. You all rock, yeah. That is an awesome woman. She's she's a really cool person. Speaking of Catherine, uh, when you first saw the movie, what did you think of the music? Or did you any of you hear the music before the movie? Before you saw the movie? Not before, no. No. No, no. I I loved it though. It's so it's so in the style. Yeah. And and so, yeah, it's it's beautiful. Oh. Yeah, it for me not having been alive, but I would say to me it felt like 1970. Like mm -hmm. pitch perfect to all of the things that I'd seen from that time. It was so cool and also I felt like I always love a score and music in film and it just lends so much to the story and it really helps tell the story and set the mood. And I thought that the music in end zone two really, really did that. And that cute song. I was going to say that catchy little diddle. I was singing along like, as I and I was just like, I was like, Oh my God, how fun. It really catches the ear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and, uh, Anastasia, because it really uh it it makes your scene which could feel totally uh, what did you think when you hear that music uh put with uh one of your big scene in the movie? One of your big scenes in the movie. I mean music totally makes a scene, so I, I felt like <laughs> It made it sound so good. I mean, it's so wild because, you know, it's like you're on set and you're going through the movements and, and trying your best and then just see it like on the silver screen and with like an amazing sound system. It's like I'm blown away. Hmm. You know, just everything hmm. that they got done, the effects, the, the everything. It's it's so wild. Hmm. Uh, how about the wardrobes? Now, did any of you have a hand in selecting the wardrobe your own wardrobe oh. anastasia did i totally did all of mine <laughs> oh, <all right. laughs> i still have them <gasps> nice oh my gosh yeah. i love that I, I definitely collaborated and i needed it and i was grateful because i loved linda's looks were eating yeah. every single mm -hmm. one the poncho please so yes <laughs> yes poncho life Always. <laughs> I got to wear a lot of really cool bell bottoms and that mm -hmm. fucking rocked. And I felt super stoked that one of them I actually brought that my sister had sent me that she had from something. And so Soph took them and pat put like multicolored patches on them and uh, they made it into the movie. So I still have those. Mm -hmm. too. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That day where we were all at Michael and Sophia's trying clothes on was so much fun. So- <laughs> yeah. And it was like a lot of thrift. And it was like, well, I thought this for you, but it might fit you. And yeah. why don't you try this? And it was really, really fun. Yeah. 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 I yeah, actually I, happened I to have this hat. Oh. I didn't I didn't buy it for Backwoods Bob. I actually just did had it. Oh, this is perfect. true. I'm not making that up. <laughs> the backwoods wouldn't have been it's- the same without it. Like <laughs> um uh launch over our friend Nick Zeno wrote the opening song. Mm-hmm. Ah. Bravo. Bravo. Catherine did win festival awards, which is really so- you guys have done pretty well at the festivals. This this duo of movies has been amazing how do you feel about having all that recognition i mean a lot of wins i'll say oh my god so cool um this is and i think it's also a really special one the first one that's now on my imdb is the ensemble award and i feel like that is so cool because like everyone has been saying at least i mean i'm sure um Smash felt very similar, but while we were doing end zone, to me anyway, it felt like summer camp, like in the best possible way. We were having sleepovers, we were making birthday cake, we were cooking, we were getting ready, and then we were also making a really badass movie. And um, it was so cool that the festival recognized it as a group effort. Yeah. Mm As someone who worked on both movies, I have to say Endzone 2, much more of a, not that not that I'm not proud of Smash or anything like that, but uh, Endzone 2, we all you know live together, stay together, ate together. Yeah. It's a much more mm-hmm. bonding experience, and uh, it's, it's a very special experience. For me. That's, that's why it's so great when you when you get to. I know a lot of people say like have to go on location, but when you get to go. It's it's beautiful. It it has that summer camp feeling, and I think it really lends itself to not only ensemble work, like all of us getting to sit around the table and run lines and run lines. Yeah. That seance scene, just running those lines, so that then when we're in it, we're not worried about it at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it just like it's so much fun. It makes it so you don't have to worry about anything else while you're there. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the seance scene, and I'm wondering for each of you, what were your favorite scenes to perform and your favorite scenes to watch? Because I'm, I'm sure they're not always the same. Sometimes your performance is a different experience than seeing something. So I actually loved, there's this scene that I didn't know how it was reading and the way they kind of framed it. It's the one where like, we're kind of circulating behind um Trish, yes. you know the one? The tish, tish, I was just like, thinking about, this is my favorite. That one, yeah. that is delicious to watch because we're so in the background and she's in the foreground. Well, she sits but, in the front and makes these yes. very serious, <laughs> like, like that, that is 70s movie perfection. I love <laughs> that scene. The way you almost it gets sort of psychological because you're like, what am I supposed to be watching? Like, why does that girl yeah. have an orange? Like, what are they doing <laughs> back there? And I remember when we performed it, having fun with it, but having no idea how stylized it was actually going to look. Because mm. I really was goofing around with that piece of fruit. <laughs> <laughs> and it, but it really comes together so beautifully that I'm like, I. it reminds me of not to be afraid to kind of just like, make that movement happen, you know, but yeah. try some stuff and kind of like let it get I don't know, let it get a little like, I don't know, fluid. Cause yeah. I, can, I can get so stiff on, if I'm honest with my own work. I can get so yeah. like, 
And, and that because we were able to kind of like make take the space and I think it was Sophia that gave us that really sweet direction in terms of moving us around maybe mm. but um in that moment it, it reads beautifully I was shocked mm. when I saw <laughs> I was like oh my god so that was my favorite to watch I'll say and my oh, favorite no. to do was my death my 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 fake <laughs> Yeah, that was, was so fun. Oh, I don't want to spoil, but yes. It's oh my god, it was great, <laughs> delightful. <laughs> it's a great scene too with the run through. In, yeah. In, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> now, Liesl, Have you had a death in another here? in another film before? Just while we're here. Oh, for me. Yeah, have you ever See, had I, other other on-screen deaths experience? I've never had other on-screen. Actually, I just got asked that question, and I've not had any other on-screen deaths. Mm -hmm. And I just shout out to the universe, please bring them to me. We <laughs> <laughs> <You> love it. <laughs> it's the most fun. It's the yeah, best. yeah, yeah. Terrible Troy is now with us. Hi, hey. hi, Terrible Troy. Hello. Hey. How about uh? Anyone else have favorite? Sorry, that was. My... Oh, I yeah. Everyone oh, has dogs. Everyone sure. has dogs. <laughs> sorry. Uh, did anyone else have a favorite scene to watch and a favorite scene to perform? I really liked doing um that first scene where we were all arriving on the couch. It's like Trista's just arrived and we're all kind of settling in. Um, we got to do that. On my birthday, I had a set birthday and it was mm -hmm. so much fun because there's nothing I'd rather do on my birthday than my favorite thing. So, you know, um, but yeah, I, I just remember uh, they started letting me play with buttoning the scene with my like feminist manifesto that I was reading. <laughs> and, and it was so much fun. And I kept winding up on random pages and being like, what, what of these things do I actually want to say out loud? Oh God. <laughs> but, I, but it was so much fun. What I remember about that scene too, Liesl, is Maya actually, there was something about a tree. Um, and, and, and Maya just honestly asked, but, but what kind of tree is it? And we all just started to laugh, and we kept it in the movie, which I thought was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And also for your birthday, not to call anyone out, but um, we were hoping you couldn't smell the birthday cake. That was, uh, yes, that we were secretly baking. Yeah, and so someone had the excuse that they were smoking something that was that was a birthday cake. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but like vapes come in all different kinds of flavors and, and scents. <laughs> yeah, I was. I, I was, was, surprised. I was also sure we couldn't get like pizza delivered where we were in the cabin, but he could get other things delivered. I thought oh, this amazing. is a very weird world. We live in. That, that cake was fantastic. That was, a, I don't know how y'all managed to surprise me in that cabin with all of us there, but <laughs> it worked. It sure. worked. I was so delighted. It was so sweet. Thank you, guys. <laughs> shout out to Leanne, who baked cake. And yeah. shout out to Sophia, who told me it was your birthday because we had just met. And then also we made the cake, and it was so fun. And fun Betty is my favorite. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. Y'all are making me hungry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maya ended up uh, being a cook for most of the most. Originally, actually, Sophia had asked me if I minded the, to cook for everybody, and I didn't. But Maya ended up uh, doing it for most of the days. 
I did. It, the Southern woman at heart really took over. So as soon as I was done for the day, I wrapped an apron around it. I was like, all right. <laughs> it grew over time. And then by the end, I felt like I had my greatest meal. And I was like, yeah. Yes. What was your greatest meal? My final meal? form. I, I did like a, like a chick. I think it was a grilled chicken. There was mac and cheese and there were like vegetable skewers, I would think mm -hmm. involved. And that was the meal. And I was like, you know, I'm loving it. I, lo I love the feedback and I, I've loved to cook for others. So I was like, I eventually like snuck my way in there as things started getting made the first day and just like took over <laughs> after that. Uh, you taught me to put pickle juice in the chicken and thing, I yeah. still do that. It is so delicious. If you haven't mm. tried it, people do it. Every Just time. to further speak about how great Maya is, um, <laughs> when, when, one of my favorite days of filming, I can't remember what people were filming, but everybody went outside, out into the cold, and you and I were in the cabin by ourselves for hours, just like sitting next to each other, watching watching our own movies on our own little laptop. Oh, yeah. And having such a great time. We were so cozy. And every now and then we just look out the window and be like, Wow, those guys must be really cool. <laughs> must huh? be cool. Yeah, out there doing acting. Okay, great. I know. Get another day that was so bonding, so perfect. It was. It was. Thank you, Liesl. That was so fun. Like, oh my god, I love a cozy moment, and it was so. Oh, like, sorry to everyone who was outside. <laughs> I I come from the East Coast, and I was very cold. I didn't yeah. know California got that cold. <laughs> yeah, it was so cold. I was like. By choice, I did it to myself. I was like in a mini skirt for a lot of the film. <laughs> and right. I remember being outside and I was like literally shaking and I was worried I was ruining the takes because I couldn't I couldn't get myself to like calm down. <laughs> I just remember like trying to get my lines out like so that we could go inside really quick, but <laughs> oh my god. Luckily I don't think it I don't I think it worked out. <laughs> I didn't notice you shivering on on the big screen. Perfect. So, yes. <laughs> you just looked nervous. Oh yeah, that, 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 that's it. <laughs> Lovely. How about oh. the other favorite uh, scenes? Uh, well, speaking oh. of that cold night, I know exactly. We were shooting the scene towards the end when Trista and I are running from Smash through the woods, mm -hmm. and so that's why we were outside and it was freezing. And Liesl and Maya weren't there because they were dead. And um, <laughs> um but why are you that, making up fake spoilers, Leanne? I am just. <laughs> the worst <laughs> it was a slasher so yeah yeah all right yeah. all right fair enough fair enough um but yeah that was one of my favorite scenes to shoot because i for me i got to do a lot of um kind of famous horror movie and movie things in this movie like run from the killer and be like go i'll save you and smash bottles over heads and things like that and so it was so fun. I love being physical. So anything like that was a blast. And to watch, I think for me, the seance was so cool to watch because we spent so long on it. And then to see it all come together, it was just really, really cool. And like the witchy little kid nerd in me was super stoked about that one. Like practical magic. Yay. <laughs> It was cool having a, the fog machine there. I've never done oh, yeah. anything like that, so that was a good time. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I, I can be a very awkward person, so I do want to thank everyone. It made me feel very comfortable when I was there. And uh, speaking of running lines, I never had done that before. And so when you asked me, oh, do you want to run lines for the Bobs when you first see Bob? And I was like, okay. And as soon as I started doing the Bob voice, because no one knew how I was going to play it, and everyone started laughing, I was like, oh, I think uh, I think, I think this is going to go well. So. <laughs> yeah. You're an oh, Yeah, you are. Neil, you're so great to work with. And <laughs> I, it was, it, what was, it reminded me of too, because you brought such a joy to the work and a, and a lightness to the work that we just don't have to take ourselves as seriously. And I can get caught out and bogged down by that. But when you have somebody who's a little more green coming in with that kind of like excitement and they like luck up on some fun takes, like it reminds you like, oh, if I just let this go a little bit, how far mm -hmm. I can go. So thank you. You brought a lot of fresh energy to the place. I had a great time. It was a great yeah. experience. When Michael and Sophia asked me to like, will you play backwards Bob? I was like, well, what's that? He's like, oh, he's this weird, like they actually said, I think a pervert or something out in the woods. I was like, oh yeah, I guess. So yeah, that sounds good for me. But uh, they also asked me to do the, the BTS stuff and I just agreed and I had no idea what that actually meant. And so then afterwards I Googled, what does this mean? And I was like, oh, behind the scenes, that's fine. So, but I, I agreed to it before I knew what it meant. But we have like, I have like 19 hours or something of behind the scenes footage that Sophia is going to edit down. Oh my God, that's so fun. I have, speaking of waiting, I've had pictures and videos on my phone from when we were on set since we were there. And even like, over over the years you know that we've been waiting for this to come out every now and then i'll go back and scroll and watch them and be like oh that was so fun that was one of the best sets ever i can't wait for this movie to come out and you know here we are yeah. look at us now <laughs> and also maya did a very sweet thing the last day when uh, everyone was leaving she had uh, gave a card to everybody, which I thought was very good. Yeah. I actually found mine because I pulled out my script when we were doing the, um, the you know, the commentary interviews for the DVD. And I was like, oh, so sweet. Oh, my gosh. You guys, I'm just a softie at the end of the day. <laughs> Thank you guys for remembering that. The cabin looks great in the movie, but it had some really weird stuff in it. Like it had like I remember in in, uh, in Liesel and Tristan's room, there was like pictures of like people like hunting like with like animals like they had hunted, and then was, every room was very strange. Anything that can have antlers shall have antlers. <laughs> Any a picture frame, a doorknob, anything, everything. It was amazing. It was it was big like um lighting fixture chandelier all the antlers Always. yeah <laughs> i remember I even had antlers and i got stuck with it a few times during the seance it was terrible <laughs> it actually made a big rip in my tights and i had to keep on just for continuity i had to keep on pulling them up really high so that the whole one is i only had like one pair and one tights and i didn't realize like how long i was gonna be in that silly costume <laughs> <laughs> the real oh, highlight though is oh the the framed uh photos of the salt and pepper is really the oh. the, the highlight. Yes. Do, you, do you remember that? It's so weird. Yeah. So weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was like, a lot about that place that felt very arbitrary. Like, well, mm -hmm. we want it to be decorated. So uh, here it I is. I don't know. Yes. But 
<laughs> I, that was something I also loved about seeing the movie on the big screen was like the B-roll of the things that just happened to be in the cabin that made it into the movie. Mm -hmm. Like oh the God, antler yes. cross hanging above the fireplace and all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was there. What's funny too is paddles, like too, which is weird. Yeah, go on, sorry, oh, oh no, I was just gonna say the the different moose mugs. Like and then when I saw one come back on screen, I was like, oh my god, we drank out of those. Like reg those were the moose mugs. Like we didn't buy special mugs. Those are the mugs at the cabin. It's not set dressing. That just like came with the cabin. It was just there. Anybody can have them. <laughs> and I feel like I remember our bedrooms being slightly themed. Like yes. I want to say I was in the bear room that just yes. had everything bears, like bears yeah. everywhere. Bear print, bear this. It was awesome it was so yeah, mine had a, a little stuffed black bear with a collar on it and i thought it was very <laughs> odd <laughs> oh man oh so good uh, yeah and it was weird because it had a it had like a little bait a cub with the collar but also had a bear skin rug on the wall <laughs> I was like, this is kind of disturbing. Like, on the wall. Like, mm. <laughs> it's like his mom's on the wall or something. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> really I'd nice. go back there and hang out again with y'all, like, right now. We and should just have, like, a little, a little retreat. Yeah. yeah. yeah that would be fun. Like, Actually, we want coffee on that porch. <laughs> that would be a perk. <laughs> Interesting perk. Come uh, to the cabin with the girls. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> a little sleepover time. Nothing weird, okay. <laughs> <laughs> be careful out there. There's a lot of creeps out there. <laughs> so oh, God. Oh, my God. He looks familiar. Yes. <laughs> that was the coolest cake I've ever seen. Wow. <laughs> this was so, so thoughtful. And yeah. so like, oh, I loved this. I had this. I looked back at this on my phone yesterday just to reminisce. Mm. And then, wow. Like, oh, this was so, so kind and loving. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if we're, uh, can we share who uh, who brought the cake or is it okay? Sure. I feel bad. All we right, have right. one person so, that didn't give their scenes. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll get back to it. We'll get back. But by the way, Richard and yeah. Anastasia brought the cake. Yes. And that was really <laughs> and I was going to say, Richard yeah, and Anastasia, you guys were so kind to us and so loving. And it was nice to like be a part of your family vacay in some yeah. ways. Oh, like, I thought that was so like, nice. I wish that I could do, I hope to do that in the future one day, like when I have a child too, and be like, okay, we're going to like make it into a vacation. And they were so down. You had such late hours. And like still being there to support you, I just want to say that was gorgeous. Like, well mm. done to you guys. Aww, so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and I, I don't like traveling that? alone. So I kind of forced my family, my husband, and my daughter <laughs> to come with me. I was like, you guys want to like have a little vacation? And so my husband, Richard, kind of like uh, found a cabin literally a block away from where we were filming. And so like wow. we ended up staying there. And so I didn't get to do all of the fun stuff that you guys did, like with cooking and stuff, because like I left after my scenes <laughs> not in the way because there was still scenes happening. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, I got to take, it's kind of like, Take daughter to work day while mommy yeah. being attacked, which <laughs> 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 is fun, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, what were your favorite scenes to act in and to watch? 
oh man, my favorite scenes. I mean, we had, I had some fun with like, uh, was it I don't want to give anything away but on the staircase I have fun scenes with with Mikey uh that was great that was really fun <laughs> and um there was like a couple like oopsie things like like at some point when we were like uh the flashlight wouldn't work and so we had to like keep on hitting it and keep on doing yeah. this over again and then there was a couple times where like uh I had to run up close to like a sliding door and I'm a dancer. So I'm always like eyeballing where I like land and I kept on tracking my mark. And so I had to keep on doing that scene over and over again. It was so silly, but I guess the ones that I didn't like were when we were outside in the cold. <laughs> it was extremely cold. Yeah, it was like 30 it was so degrees. Cold. It was cold. <laughs> my my favorite of thing of yours. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, go on, go on. Leave I think I'm on a delay. I don't mean to keep talking over people. I just wanted to say, uh, Anastasia, that my favorite thing of yours was seeing you in that in that bowl of nuts over and over and over, <laughs> uh, being right there and seeing take after take, and every take was funny. Like you yeah. were doing something different every take, and every take was funny. And like I, that's, I really, I couldn't wait to watch the movie. But I was like, okay, which I've, I, that's that's what I think of when I think of the movie. I think of you just like squirreling away. It's so funny. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like in the moment, I wasn't even thinking about like that. Didn't even mean that much to me. It was like a throwaway thing, and then we just had to keep on doing it. And so I was like, okay, do they want something else? I'll just go nuts with it, you know? <laughs> and then I have to say, like, I don't know if it was because, like, I I missed one like like get together before we filmed because I had a conflict, and then because I was like staying at a different place. I don't know if you guys had a lot of time with rehearsal, but I had like I don't remember rehearsing at all. I just remember walking in and doing the scenes, mm -hmm. and so like I was really surprised by it, like how everybody was playing their characters, and so I would change my approach mid scene. And for the longest time, I thought that I I was the meanie, hmm. and lo and behold, I was actually one no. of the nice ones. <laughs> The whole time I thought I was like the uber bitch of the group so, and the character. But so that was kind of fun to see, like once we put everything together. So it's just like interesting how like you're like for me, it's like I, I work on these things so much alone. And then by the time like, you know, we're together, how much it changes. And then again, with editing and all the effects and things like that, how much that changes again, you know, so it's, it's, it's wild. Filmmaking. Yeah. After seeing the movie multiple times with Michael and Sophia at at festivals, Michael's always happy of the nut scene with Anastasia, and he always says, "Like, see, that's why we we did so many takes to really." Uh, to really <laughs> oh, I'm so happy! Yay! Yeah. It's like his Stanley Kubrick moment. He's like, <laughs> two hundred seventy-eight so takes of the nuts. Exactly. Well, I think it kind of maybe it felt like that. I just remember drinking the the wine a lot, and I was like, "What are we drinking?" You know, <laughs> like what is this? Uh, I think it was my. Oh, I'm sorry. You had mentioned, you know, a certain scene, but um, 
how hard was it to get the blood off? Because uh, you have a scene where you're washing the fake blood in the oh, movie off. Oh, and... yes. You know, that was very good blood. Might I say expensive blood because it did take some effort to get the <laughs> blood off. Like, you see me kind of wiping in the takes, and I, like, am wiping a little hard because I'm really trying oh. to, like, get it off of there. But it, it just credit to special effects, <laughs> a.k.a. us. <laughs> and um, and it, was, it was so fun to play with. Like, I love, I was so obsessed with that scene. Like I would have wiped that blood off forever and ever. <laughs> this was a little while ago, but uh, big thanks to Elfman's for the rap part. Yes, yes. yes. Big to Elfman's. So you guys did that. Dave Bailey, the seance was badass. My favorite scene. Hey. It's oh. a really amazing yeah. scene. Mm -hmm. It's really like some of the stuff is like very like that campiness to it, of course, because that's the era it is. That scene is like real creepy it's so effective oh yeah yeah Aww, yay i think also props to trista because i'm gonna say i she did such cool stuff when we were shooting that and yeah. i know there's probably you know footage somewhere of all of the different things she did it was always different and cool yeah. and scary in a fun new way and I, it was like such a privilege to just be in the scene with everybody mm -hmm. and like the whole cast. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. I was, I filmed a bunch of it on the stairwell up when that was happening. Cause I could tell like right away, Oh, this is like a really, this is a really cool thing to get. And so wow. there are many, I think it was probably over an hour of just behind the scenes of that scene. Wow. <laughs> wow. That makes wow. sense. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. was so fun. I think they ran out of stuff for the smoke machine like right after we had finished. It was right after. We were lucky. I, I remember mean. that. Yeah. And like, does anyone else remember the wax from the candles just like getting everywhere? Like we kept trying to blow the candles out and like the wax was like splashing. So oh yeah. Of... I remember like scratching it off the Scratch glass. Scratch it off. <laughs> I know. Like nails be down. We were just like, uh, get this out of here. And trying to light that yearbook photo on yeah. fire. Turning into a, like an hour long craft project. <laughs> Everybody's like, what if we do this? Flammable. What if we do that? Like, no, no. <laughs> do you guys remember, like, on the, we, there was a big staircase, and there was one scene where I forget what we were doing, but we all had to, like, run into the bedroom yeah. and be, like, shocked. And I just remember, like, like trying to like get the energy because like half of us had to be on different stairs. So we would have stairs to like run up to try yes, to get yes. there. I think somebody even like slid on their knees to like get into, it was nuts, but we yeah. did it. Yeah. <laughs> that was our full Scooby-Doo moment. Cause we all had to stack and we all had to come running in and out. That was so good. So fun. Uh, oh, Leanne, what was it like to use breakaway glass? And oh we my gosh! Two, so, you, so you know, we didn't have too many to uh, waste. It was so fun, and also it broke into ten million pieces. It like instantly shattered into glitter. It was everywhere, and um, it was it was so fun. Who doesn't want to try to? Fight someone off by smashing yeah, a bottle. Especially Michael. Head. I mean, you want to smash him with a bottle. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I remember being afraid of like, oh, is it gonna hurt? And it just <laughs> it breaks so easily that 
I, I, I don't think it did. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't believe so. I was Plus, he, he's probably well protected with all the masks. Yeah, yeah that's true. He had the and mask helmet. and the helmet, the helmet and everything. Yeah. So that made it a little easier. I was so glad that his face was protected because of all the glass going everywhere. But that was really fun. And I remember uh, Sophia having to like really be careful not to break the glass when she's putting the labels on. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. You really ate that scene, Leanne. I actually stayed up to watch you do that scene. I watched you work on it after I was done for the day. I like stood in my pajamas just off camera being like, <laughs> you ate that. Because when the, it shattered, I literally could have yelped. I was like, it was everywhere. Down the stairs, up the stairs. Like vacuuming yeah. could not handle it. It was no. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. So you're all also in Smash because for people who haven't seen either one yet, you also play the actors that you that are playing your roles in it. I don't know how yeah. you're gonna explain that, but so what was that like to record interviews as the actors who were in 1970s end zone two? So fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll just say that, so fun. That footage is so gorgeous too. I just remember seeing a Polaroid of like what the setup looked like and we've got mm -hmm. that that like vista behind us mm -hmm. uh unless i'm unless i'm remembering incorrectly it was shot on film so we've yeah. got that just like yeah, that. real like the real texture of the film and everything i just remember i was like they said okay say this and that in your in your press interview and i had no idea what they were talking about at all because <laughs> because i hadn't seen i didn't know what happens in uh in the once and future smash i was like okay mm -hmm. great i will say that and i will not mess it up because i know it's on film and we only have so much <laughs> yeah that was cool that was uh mm -hmm. i think still the only thing i've ever shot that was on real film which is really really fun and for me personally it was fun because i got to be the meanie and i, I never get to be the meanie so that was fun you were good oh thanks <laughs> you good job i don't know about this bit from my podcast <laughs> no 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 it was definitely fun. I, I feel like I wish, like, like, going back, I'm like, oh, when we did it, I just, like, jumped in. I feel like I didn't actually put a lot of thought into it. So I just hoped that it read well. Because I will say I didn't understand initially. I was like, all right, I'm just going to talk as mm -hmm. I do. And so I'm glad to see it all come together so seamlessly. Yeah. 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 I think I was maybe the only one that didn't do an interview at the cabin oh, and great. so like I did my interview just on my like rooftop deck in Hollywood and so like they gave me lines to memorize and say because I guess that they had everybody else's interview so I could like patch in like thoughts yeah. you know oh, nice. and, like yeah. connect things which was fun but so like I did mine like like two years after the fact so I had to like <laughs> Oh no! Like, yeah, I didn't I know that. Go wow. through my reference because, like, I would take a reference shot because I was doing my own hair and makeup and costume. So I would take like reference shots before, like, after I did my makeup, and then at the end of the day too, just to like you know make sure that everything was fine for when we were picking up the next day. And so I was like looking through my references and like trying to like do my hair and find my costume and stuff. 
<laughs> but yeah, so like I just have the Hollywood Hills behind me. <laughs> Glamorous. Yeah, right in, though. Yeah. I know a starlet. <laughs> so the premiere, what was uh going to the premiere like? So it's you know, years after we finished the movie, then delays, and then it's it uh we get a premiere. You world premieres are Fright Fest, US premiere is in Scream Fest and in Hollywood. Uh, so what was that experience like at the premiere, Leanne? Uh, uh, fucking dope. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was so cool because the premiere happened in the fall of 2022. So it was still, you know, we were still coming out of COVID for me anyway. It's still, I mean, it definitely felt like that. We were still having restrictions on set and all of that kind of stuff. So it was really exciting to a reunion with everybody. I was so excited to see everybody, all of you guys, everyone that we worked with, because a lot of us hadn't seen each other since we shot. And that was really, really fun. And it was also really fun to like, I forget who was saying earlier, I think maybe it was Anastasia, everybody said it a little bit, but trying to get people to come see a thing that you couldn't really tell yeah. them what your role right. was or what it was yeah. about. Um, so I did, my husband came with me and a couple of my good friends came with me and when we walked out, their faces were just like, what is this amazing thing that you have not told us about? Um, and they were so, so excited and loved it so much. And it was so great to see it with an audience on that scale. It was just like a dream, really. Yeah. Overwhelming, overwhelming mm -hmm. after, after so long, like you were saying, of not being in big groups and not having anything to show or invite people to, uh, at least for me, you know, it was like, it was overwhelming. I feel like I look at the pictures from it and in every one, I'm like full Muppet, <laughs> losing my mind, like trying to, I, you know, people coming up, trying to talk to you and you're just like, Ugh! like what, who are, who are all these people? What's happening? Um, it, but it was so much fun. And especially for me, like, I hadn't told my boyfriend really anything about the movie. I I put him outside of the cone of secrecy um, wow. other than just like little things about the trip, basically. So he got the story of uh, I went on a vacation with some friends and, and he knew nice. that we made a movie and that he wasn't going to get to know about it, really. He helped me, you know, we watched some of the movies for research together and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I think... Uh, there had been so much buildup for him that I got to hear from the outside what the experience was like of going in cold and not knowing mm -hmm. what was going to happen. Not to mention, I had literally no idea what the Once and Future Smash <laughs> was even of, about, other than that it was <laughs> I had no idea that wow. AJ was in it. I did not know. He's amazing. He was oh amazing He's so in good. it. He's, He's so great. good. That movie's so good. It's just like that was the part that I nerded out about. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh wow, there's this whole entire other movie that we're also in that is fantastic. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's it's fantastic. 
Oh my gosh. I sadly missed it. So I know I had a play and I was in Seattle and they were um, were just kind of getting back in the theater. Restrictions were the same and they would, they wouldn't let me leave to come. I was like, I could do 24 hours spirit airlines. I'll be back over hers. And I was the lead. I was lucky enough to be the lead. And they were like, if you get sick, we don't have like a play. And we'd already been delayed by other people's people getting sick and I'd replace another actress. So they were like, no chance. But I will say, in, in adding to that, though, my best friend came anyway, oh. and she didn't know anything. And all she knew was, like, I was trying to come back to see myself. And and she was like, oh, well, if you can't sing, I'll just go into your place. And she actually showed up and came out of it and was like, I didn't know what this was going to be like. <laughs> and she thought it was one of the best films I'd ever done. And like she'd seen me work since college. And that I will say was very special to me that she came in my place, even though you guys didn't know who she was. She came and like experienced it also. She could describe it to me after. So shout out to her. That's so <laughs> sweet. I love yeah. it. Oh, sweet. That's a good friend. Mm-hmm. Really good friend. Uh, Anastasia, the, the premiere for you. It was so wild. Because I don't know if anybody else got to see it beforehand, but I didn't at all. And Michael and Sophia were like coveting it. And once in a while, I would kind of do like minor little check-ins because like I know like my husband and I, we do films. So it's like, that's always like, not the dreaded thing, but it's like, you want to have news for people involved with the film, right? Mm -hmm. And so like when they're coming at you like a cold, like kind of like check-in, it's like, ah, what are we doing? (laughs) Um, But so I had no idea like what to expect at all. I mean, other than like the themes and everything. And then I had zero expectations or understanding of like what the other film was really about other Mm -hmm. than I knew that uh, my husband Richard was interviewed in it, and he was able to to kind of like put in a thing that that he was inspired by uh, End Zone too for his movie Forbidden Zone, and just like little little Easter. <laughs> I, I remember he had a little joke. He was like, "That Mary, what do you say?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was that was a fun kind of like thing silly thing to do but I had so much fun um our our uh, niece Molly Elfman had a film that was premiering at the same time so we went early and watched her film and so when her film was ending everybody was doing the like red carpet and so I'm like missing from all the red carpets because I was trying to support family and then because it ended right when our films were going to start. So I had just enough time and I didn't like, it was like chaotic there, you know, cause like there's a lot of films going on. So, but I made it in time for our films, but that, yeah, that was totally wild and so funny. And I, and I remember all of us kind of like when they were calling up, like maybe was it afterwards, there was like a little Q and A and all of us kind of like looked at each other, like, do we go up? Do we like, <laughs> we're like are we allowed? Oh, like, do we do we say anything? Like, what are we allowed to do? And so we all just like all the ladies just stayed sitting. Oh, <laughs> well, we thought. Really well, I think. It, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I felt like a little kid. Like, I just don't know what what Michael and Sophia want. Just yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I remember thinking that because a picture from the premiere popped up on social media recently. And I was like, why didn't I go stand up? 
oh right because it was i wasn't supposed to be there <laughs> I was yeah, to be like 40 years older i don't know like reviewers were outright saying it was a spoof which kind of like i think bugged like Michael and Sophia. And so like, they, like it was kind of like they weren't tagging us in things. So I figured like until they start tagging us, I wasn't going to like outwardly yeah. be like, hey, that's me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of like vaguely, you know, say I was inspired. And when we were just talking about before about um, how we chose like our names, I was having such a hard time picking mine. And I remember Sophia just like messaging me, like, why don't we just do your stage name? Cause I do burlesque. And so I have like a, a silly stage name. And so I was like, Oh, perfect. Cause I already have like an account under that. And mm -hmm. so it like worked out wonderful for me. <laughs> uh, Jack, uh, Jack Bennett, uh, who Lisa brought up earlier, said it was worth the wait. Hey, yeah. thank you. Joe Castro says he wishes he was on set with all of us. Uh, the next question yeah, I was thinking about myself. He also loves everyone here. And the Joe question, wants to know. Yeah. What was your first reaction when you saw the mask for the first time? What were you mm -hmm. thinking? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can barely look at it. The first time I saw it, I was not prepared. I and I think of my, I have a, I love horror. I have a strong stomach. I am not easily scared, but the tongue. That is eyes too. Like, yeah, they're like, please really like over. milky. Not really yeah. at you. So I'm like, wait, which way is he going? Yeah. Yeah. Oh He's grizzly. Grizzly. I, <laughs> I don't like, I, I do not like looking at it. And to yeah. that, I just have to say, like, good job because that I was not anticipating. Yeah. yeah. That. yeah. I, I, I was really excited about that. Yeah. That's like the highest compliment is like, I can't even look at it. It's so yeah. gross and horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys remember, like, Sophia having to, like, get Michael dressed? And it was like a multi layered thing. Like, they yes. would have run, like, all the like football gear and then like swizzle him into like the uniform and then there was like the mask and then the like it was like either the wig and then the mask but i just remember oh, yeah how, like how michael was such a trooper the and, whole like, process. Just, like, like i just remember like like because I'm a mommy, so it's like it reminded me of like getting a toddler's dress. <laughs> you're gonna get in there and you're gonna smile, you know. Not <laughs> <laughs> it was just like I just always remember that it was always a, a like a little bit of a process right before, or like having Michael like yell like notes from oh, his yeah. mask, like, like <laughs> me with him on the stairs. He would like give me notes or like. Or him and Sophia would be like talking, but it was like very muffled because he was in the mask and like poor guy was like sweating and everything. Yeah. And so. he could he see? I don't think he could see. Not I well. Think no. So. no. Yeah. I mean, so I, I feel like everybody sense. was very cautious and careful mm -hmm. about you know keeping the whole set really safe. I mean, yeah. I, I felt great. Yeah. Especially yeah. like you know, like they were pretty brutal moments for all of us, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, yeah. I echo that as well. Like things felt really safe and, and really well done. And just like thank you for that too. You know, like I think working since then, you've come to appreciate that all the more. Like 
that things just felt like in order. We know what we've got going on. Everyone's being communicated to mm-hmm. and we'll get it done in a, in a joyful way. So. Yeah. Yes. And they're so organized. I have to say like, especially like, like all the time, everything was so organized. I knew, always knew what we were going to be like doing. And also we had flexibility to change things around if we needed to. And then all the effort that they both went to like, um, like with costume references, I just remember getting all of these wonderful like spreads of references to try to like, you know, for each character, I feel like we each got our own version yeah. of um, like, like costume references yeah. to, to mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, go off and, and, and even do. like historical makeup color palette. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like gorgeous. The, yeah. among the most prepared I've ever felt for a shoot, especially, mm-hmm. you know, it could be really daunting to be in the position of doing your own hair and makeup and, and, you know, keeping your own costume together and everything like that. But I felt really, really taken care of and really prepared in a way that I don't always. It, was so yeah. it felt like, everyone's got your back and you've got everyone else's and it was just like such an amazing community. Yeah. Yeah. And like, we got to totally bond, you know, I felt like, I felt like we were really on this journey together of like trying to like survive in a way, you know, through, through the whole thing. It was, I don't know. I had so much fun. Like you guys were saying with like the summer kind of camp vibes. Yeah. Felt like that. Like it would have been totally perfect if we had like a, a fire and s'mores. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. It felt very homey and I, I just had a blast. Me too. Mm-hmm. Same here. And leaves will mention <laughs> AJ. AJ's great in both movies. And, uh, uh, excellent champion yeah. absolutely and very different in both movies you almost wouldn't know it's him unless you knew i think mm-hmm. and so funny on set he was cracking me up constantly mm-hmm. and sometimes like breaking the scene it was so funny <laughs> <laughs> but just like a joy on set you absolutely. know like, keeping it lively because like sometimes we're shooting what felt like all night you know and it's like keeping the emotions up keeping the energy up like are we running for our lives or are we like you know, trying to find somebody who's like, you know, like just keeping that up. He was a joy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Also shout out to Tyler who, uh, yes, yes. Tyler, Tyler was just the champion behind uh-huh. the scenes. I believe also in the costume a couple of times. Yes. So remembering correctly. Yes. <laughs> just really like coming in clutch for us. Yes. Jack of all and, traits, jumping yeah, in when he, him where he lost could. Out, Yeah, mm-hmm. when we went out to get, uh, we went, we went to the grocery store and we got lost in the mountains What was that? Go screenshot your maps. Uh, what? Oh, oh, the map. Yeah. There you go. Unless yeah, it's a lot of like windy roads that ended up nowhere too. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, there was a little tough sometimes. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Annabelle, uh, one time I was on my phone talking to you while we were making the movie, and I mentioned that Annabelle says there was something about the moon, and Trista was like, "Who is Annabelle?" She because. <laughs> And she then it was a running joke with me and her that it was just some imaginary friend of mine that <laughs> told me to do things. Oh, it must man. have been a great moon night. 
or like an it eclipse was, or something was, like that. Yeah, it was like yeah, it was like the blood moon or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just Neil and his not real friend. <laughs> <laughs> so did the movie how what when you finally saw it, was it how you expected? Was it different? Like, I know y'all liked it, but was it what you expected it to be? I Yeah, I was going to agree with Liesl. It wasn't what I expected. It was definitely different. I think I I love seeing how much more stylized it became mm -hmm. because then it it did, like, justify, I don't know, like, some of the, the more wild things we did just to, like, make each other laugh or have fun with or, like, the bigger that we went. I was like, oh, it, it fits so well here. Like, what a clearly executed vision they had that I, I couldn't have seen before. But then when I saw it, I was like, aha, like, I, I definitely learned a lot from watching and, and being able to kind of see the style evolve. I thought something that was really cool was some of the scenes we shot when you were in the location. It didn't like, for example, when we're inside of the cabin, that was just a corner of the basement and the rest <laughs> of the basement was like a very modern carpeted, wow basement and um it was really really cool seeing how that was going to come together and feel like this horrifying place um and i was really excited to see that and i think also it was a bit of a blessing in disguise how much time had passed from when we shot to when i was able to see it at the mm -hmm. premiere because mm -hmm. it enabled me to watch it with totally fresh eyes which was yeah. a really cool experience i mean obviously i knew it was going to happen to all the characters sure. but i didn't quite remember the intricacies of oh yeah i remember we did that and you know this little thing happened on this day mm -hmm. and that kind of thing yeah, watch it more of as a movie, not just your memories of making the movie. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was so much more than what I expected. I mean, just like from what we shot, I just, I feel like Michael and Sophia totally like hit it out of the park. I, th yeah. I think it's, I mean, I would have loved it even if I wasn't in it. I thought it was so hilarious and everybody involved. Like, because we played a lot of, uh, most of the time we were playing it all straight. And so that's where the comedy of it came. Um, and it, it was just so, I remember in the theater at the premiere, I was laughing so much. Like my makeup was like, I was like sweaty and because it was just so funny. And so like bizarre to go from like not seeing anything, doing the project a couple of years prior and then to like watching all of us like run for our lives and stuff <laughs> and then yeah. also the whole stuff in the beginning with Sophia uh in yes yeah that, that we know. never got to see we it never saw that. So yeah. much. it's so, so good yeah yeah it's it I just thought it was so cool like such a cool opening with Sophia <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah it was so much fun seeing um uh just seeing the way that things were yes there's all this over the top crazy horror stuff happening but the way that the sort of adherence to the style and the time period meant that there would be these long dialogue scenes that just felt exactly out of a movie from yes. that time period mm -hmm. like okay i think you know when we're on set i'm thinking oh my god and there's a killer and we're and we're all dying and all this crazy shit's happening and blood and running around but then when you watch it these mm. scenes that just lull you down of like you know in the room i'm going oh i'm doing my acting 
fucking scene. And in the theater, it's like, yes, okay, sure. But it has that effect of like, is something going to, <laughs> in the best way possible because it's so intentional that like, yes, is absolutely. anything going to happen in this movie and then just right at the end boom 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 i love that it's it's yeah. so well observed i think it's genius and i i love i talking about it right now i'm like well i can't want, wait to watch it again i've still mm -hmm. only seen it once mm -hmm. so <laughs> you know i love it yeah. And again, so cool. Also, not like kind of knowing the idea of what Smash was supposed to be and then seeing it with an audience was, it, I was laughing so hard. It was so incredible. And it was such a cool way to go into immediately watching our movie. And <laughs> from, you know, an audience standpoint, it was like, oh my God, look at this amazing thing these people and my friends made like mm -hmm. that's incredible it was you know the kind of sap in me that was like oh, i just love movies so much <laughs> <laughs> same girl same yeah, yeah. Oh. that's interesting about smash because uh for me i'd seen it so many times on like from the very uh the rough cut not even before is a rough cut and i was like i don't even know if this is a movie what's happening and then <laughs> through the whole process of making it so it's different for me when i see it because you know i just seen it so many times but uh going in without even knowing really what it was uh you know we talked a little bit about it but what do you, what do you think of the once in future smash we'll start with anastasia what do i think yeah. um the other once one in smash yeah um well great i love how they like kind of I mean, the first one touches, you know, a little bit with Endzone too, obviously. Um, I wasn't expecting the nudity, and I almost brought my daughter, so that was a huge surprise. I was like, what the hell is going on here? I always have to warn Annabelle. That that not, nobody yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. I, no, no, there's the scene. Okay for me to bring her. I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> so that was that that one got me but I, I i don't know i like i mean i've only seen it once so i wasn't lucky enough to go touring with it <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i enjoyed it and then also for end zone two let's find the last reel huh yes like, let's I, I, wanted, I wanted more basement I think we film end zone one. Yeah. Um, we'll all play the same parts just in high school. That's I think that's beautiful. Let's Love do it. it. Like ponytails, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got it. Or little when cheerleader Joe... outfits. Yes. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Castro was just on and I was saying maybe Neil's character once upon a time was not crazy backwards Bob, but he was like like the school counselor oh. who ended up going crazy from all of what happened. And then he goes to the woods. There we go. There we go. I love that. I like that. I mean, Very anything much. to make the film work, right? Let's That's do it. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know Neil wants to be in everything. So yes. I got to work <laughs> Neil in somehow. He <laughs> could be like hiding it. in like a locker room or something and talking to kids. Yeah, just It'll be in great. the windows and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well you guys gosh. know the third one is going to be 3d 
Oh, yeah. fantastic. Yes. I don't know if that's true. All of us are talking about it. I don't know how much Michael and Sophia are talking about it. The rest of us are like, it's three. It has to be. But then the home video version doesn't have, you know, you're, it's not projected in the right way. It's, so then you just have so people just, doing like. Maybe my idea to make a movie exactly like that because yes. I love 3D movies from that era when they just poke stuff at the screen for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing things. Oh my God, it's a jump scare. Look, here comes yeah. the cat. Look. Yeah, we know. We got it. 100%. I think we can all agree there's so much more to be done with. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. The, there are depths that have not been mined yet. It's right. the new Marvel universe. <laughs> is <laughs> 30 movies. Ads, any millionaires out there who are bad with money and who want to executive produce any <laughs> or good with money, come, come on down. This is another yes. Bring it. Bring Our your operators are standing by. Give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone go to withoutyourhead.com slash touchdown and you can um, you know, get it, get the Blu-ray. There's all kinds of cool perks. The, I'm very excited. The Blu-ray is going to come out. Double disc set. It'll have both End Zone 2, the Once in Future Smash. Tons of, of extras. I think there's a Backwoods Bob interview that was filmed. Hey. Be so <laughs> I'd love to see it. We love Backwoods Bob. He's hard to find, so lucky. Yeah, I've, I've been How looking just, for him, trying to get him on the question. show. Yeah. Uh, if we, if we, those of us who are in the cast want to want to secure some of these things and these perks, we also go to withoutyourhead.com slash touchdown, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. We'll, this we'll is, this is the there, way. But, yeah. Okay. Good. Good. There's also producer. Are we know about. some people? Is that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I want to figure out how I can get one of those Bob hats. Just to plug on my hat. <laughs> I want to go we will autograph it. <laughs> yes. I would do that. Yeah, I like these ideas. They're designing at Dark Dell. Ooh. Yeah, the locals. There we we'll go. Get yeah. Annabelle out here. And I would love that here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be amazing. It was very, it was great to have you out at the premiere. Uh, Annabelle's glad you could make it out. It was awesome. And then talking with Joe, because I I'm an art person as well, not not professional, but just talking with him about like making the mask. I'm like, I just want to take like uh, six months off of work work and just go to LA and just be there, like yeah. doing whatever. Yeah, come hang oh, out. Oh yeah, come please come hang we out. We can make creepy masks together. Yes. <laughs> That's Just what we do it. out here. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to Hollywood, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that earlier today. I'm making my tea, and I'm like, man, I just want to go make some masks or do some crazy stuff. Some there you go. So, Making things is good for the soul. I say, hundred percent. But, which is awesome that all of you this is where you are in life like this is what you're doing like this is what you do with your world and that's amazing oh, thank you for saying that annabelle because i'm currently at my office job uh -huh. <laughs> <you can> see. <laughs> yes it's hard it's really hard to and make so, it so yeah making it so, balance and it's yes. good to do this and remember like oh my god i'm an actress yeah. whoa yeah. Yeah. i went to seattle 
So that's <laughs> yeah, I did. Big. It was a great time. It yeah. was a great time. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, applause to more on... projects in the future for all of us. Oh yes, yes. 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 I'll drink to that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, Amaya, uh, where can people follow you to see what you're up to? Not like to your office there, but you know. What I'm <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Bob wants. Oh to my know. gosh! Big big fans, big fans of the office. No, <laughs> um, no, no. Uh, you can follow me at Maya Reeves on Instagram. You can follow me my Myrie's page on Facebook and just like me on Facebook um, and, or, or my IMDb page is sometimes popping, sometimes not just those things. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> you can follow me at home, you know, that's no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please don't, <laughs> oh, don't, please don't, please don't. <laughs> Liesl, where can they follow you? Uh, I'm most active on Instagram these days. That's Hanson L H A N S O N L. Um, I suppose I could probably put it in the in the chat if I figure out how to do that. Yeah, um, but I'm also on. Too, oh, beautiful! I'll Thank you. Um, yeah. I'm also on Facebook. I'm also on IMDb. Uh, and yeah, I love to talk about movies and and make things. So hit me up. And it was very nice to see uh, to well, to hear you sing last time I was out there. Aww. Aww. That's right. That was so sweet. That was such a lovely surprise. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing music stuff uh, while I wait for my big next acting thing to come whatever whatever yes. that um, and I'm also doing uh, animation right now just for funsies. Oh, really? So nice. oh, wow. my my Instagram is a mess right now. It's just like oh. music. You wouldn't be able to tell what I do, but I'm there and I'm, I'm doing it. So, you're yeah. it all. Are you, are you doing the animation? Are you voicing it? Yeah, awesome. I'm taking a hands-on animation class. Uh, Amazing. So it's so much fun. It's so much fun. I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I'm having a great time doing it, whatever it is. That's my motto. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Life motto. How is the class? Are you, oh, it's so are you loving the class? Oh, it's so much is that fun. Class, oh. you, it is like a one-off class that anybody can take. Yeah, it's a um, it's all online, and so they send you like a box of things. If anyone wants info about it, I highly yes. recommend it. They send you a box of art supplies, and then you meet on oh, Zoom cool. once a week and just share the little things you made. That is yeah. so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I would so hopefully a lot more little <laughs> animation and and claymation guys soon coming away. Claymation, oh, yeah. it's one of my favorite things ever. Hey, Fun yes, the that's the name of my band. Wow, somebody knows how to promote me better than I do. Thank you, yeah. We just had a song come out. We just had a song come out. So we've got a couple yes. songs on, on the Spotify. On the If you if you go oh, on to um, Bandcamp, you can purchase them for a dollar or more if you really feel fancy. <laughs> yeah, Sun Season. It's Very a band, good. and I'm in it. It's so much fun. Yay. Yeah. Yes, Lisa. Uh, well, Leanne, where can people follow you? And are you so, a- animating? No, sadly. <laughs> Not very good at drawing. <laughs> um, but same places. I'm on the gram at Leanne O'Shea Official and Facebook. You can find me there still holding it down. And the IMDb <laughs> as well. Always down to talk movies, make movies, watch movies, you know. 
I should mention too that that's a good point though about IMDb. It does help out movies, uh, not just ours, but any independent films, especially to go and rate them on IMDb. Oh yes, yes. Especially you know positively. Yeah, if you oh. can do a good rating, we love it. <laughs> not, but don't lie. It. But I mean, you you if you want to lie, you can. Like a dollar or more, it's, you know, be truthful or lie. Yeah. Yeah, we won't tell on you. You can just make it up if you want to. <laughs> and Anastasia, where can people follow you? Okay, well, I'm on Facebook, Anastasia Elfman. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, but it's a little tricky. I'm under Dahlia DeMont, my stage name. Um, and uh, I guess I'm DB too as well. I don't know. Like, I didn't know people were just hanging out there. So, yeah, that's, that's where I'm. I have, I don't know if I'm allowed to plug. Am I allowed sure, to plug any? Okay, yeah. cool. No, yes. It's a horror film that me and my husband both self-financed, and it's going through the circuit called Bloody Bridget. Yes. And then in February, it's not announced yet, so you guys are getting um, kind of like fun surprise information, but we're doing a double feature down in Anaheim uh, at the Frida Cinema of oh. one of our films. Well, my husband's film, uh, Forbidden Zone, and then a film that I made with him, Aliens, Clowns, and Geeks. So it's going to be a fun, like, double feature event. I'm going to be performing and, and some other burlesque friends and my husband. So it's going to be great. That's so, like, awesome. comes from, uh, Valentine's Day in the Forbidden Zone. <laughs> if you want to you last time, your performances are not just, it's not your average burlesque. No, they're it's very, very crazy and vaudeville. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to bring like a, a, like a William Castle, like shock and entertaining back into theater. You know the uh. experience. So I, I'd like, and I come from the stage and stuff. So it's like I, I want to bring that razzle dazzle back. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Anyone else is free to plug anything too if they like. I'll plug a movie also. Yeah, um, uh, my husband and I also made a movie. Look at us. Um, and right now we don't know where it'll be screening just yet. We just started submitting to the festival circuit, but it's called Lizzie Lazarus. It's got some spooky under undertones. You might also see a small appearance of Miss Maya Reeves as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very so check it out. Well, I'll oh. post about it on the gram nonstop yeah. once I know where it's going to be. Awesome. Awesome. Can't wait to see it. Oh, and Michael are. and Sophia are both in my film. I actually play oh, yeah. Michael's a like, little naughty bad guy. And so my character gets them, but it's a <gasps> fun little little thing yeah, yeah. yeah and <laughs> sophia worked camera team in my movie so yay <laughs> oh my gosh it's a big happy family i can't wait to see them all yeah yeah sweet all right well thank you all for doing this and i really appreciate everyone coming on and uh, being part of end zone 2 is great and it was awesome mm -hmm. meeting everybody and as we said a bunch of times it was really it was just a really special time even if the movie wasn't good but i'm glad that it's great <laughs> and that it was fun you know <laughs> We had a really nice time. It was like six days mm -hmm. in the cabin, staying with everybody and, and making a crazy movie. I have to say, after talking with all of you now, it makes me want to see it again more. I already wanted to see it uh, again, 
But now I'm like, I will go in with so much knowledge now. And I, I think it's going to make a very different experience for me too. It's Yay. really, yeah. It's so kind of you to say, thank you so much. Absolutely. Yay. Yes, and thank you both for giving us a platform to come yes. and do our little cheerleading, rooting mm -hmm. for the film, and being able to share like our our perspective and and our like behind the scenes and our special moments. So thank you both for having mm -hmm. us. Yeah, thank you. you. Second yeah, that anytime we can reunion end zone, mm -hmm. I'm there. Sign me oh, up. Same here. Same yeah. here. Oh. You ladies are amazing. And thank you also a second what Anastasia said about just giving us a platform and a moment to celebrate this film mm -hmm. that much more and just many more minutes to go. It's very Aww. exciting. Thanks, babe. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We had a all love time. you all from uh, from Sophia and Michael. Love you. Oh, love you guys. Lots of love in this room. Mm. Lots of love. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. And we'll talk. We'll talk again soon. Yeah. 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 Sounds good. Yeah. Right. Good night, you guys. Thank you for watching, everyone. Yeah. Thank you. We'll be back. A we're gonna be. We're gonna come back actually with Aaron Baracus, who put together the Once in Future Smash. Your momentary. Woo! Oh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> All right. Awesome. All right. Thanks All so much everybody. for being here. It was Thanks, Annabelle. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Annabelle. Thanks, Neil. Thank, thank you, guys. I'm going to play uh, End Zone 2 trailer for people who are not aware, and you can see what this is going on. In 1955, the George Donner High School football team lost the big game. They beat freshman Jimmy Smazmov until he was hardly recognizable. You people broke his goddamn jaw! can't even eat like a regular person. But Jimmy recovered. Jimmy Smashmouth became Smashmouth and got his revenge. Did they ever find Jimmy? Who, Smashmouth? He died in the fire. I heard they never found his body. Now, 15 years later. It's really nice to be here with you, Nancy. We missed you. We should just have some fun. We deserve it. I've been coming out here for years. I've never seen that before. What in tarnation? You guys remember AJ? Him and Jimmy were always hanging out together, right? Jimmy was like my brother. I kept him safe. <laughs> Smash Mouth is back. Do you still have a thing for him? Jimmy, it's me. It's me, Nancy. This time, the cheerleaders who stopped him still remember the knife going into her will face their greatest fears you will know pain and suffering and blood don't close your eyes don't cover your ears <laughs> and whatever you do don't open your mouth in zone two get smashed Diablo Joe Reviews, Hellhounds.
Legendary horror comics illustrator Bernie Wrightson once described his general distaste for the blood-sucking undead, saying, I don't really care for vampires. They tend to be snotty and actually like being vampires. Then he counters, I had a good time with werewolves. You can always have a lot of sympathy for a werewolf, adding, This poor guy didn't ask for this to happen to him. I always related to that. That outsider, restless aura that often seems to surround werewolves in a wolf's packed nature always seemed to make them a good fit for the misunderstood misfit from society. I was a teenage werewolf first tapped into that angst, but it was 1971's Werewolves on Wheels that tied the full moon fever to the biker outlaw or drifter figures of that era. Writer-director Robert Conway, whose last film, 2021 Skinwalker, explored the shape-shifting horror in a Western genre setting, has given us in Hellhounds a lupine one-percenter exploitation mashup that aims to land as many of the punches of each genre as it can. Alias is a member of the Hellhound Outlaw Biker Gang, enlisted by bounty hunter Mia, who is looking to track down a hound prospect named Dave, a killer who has been kidnapping road travelers, holding them in a trucking container to await their fate. Meanwhile, Virginia and her boyfriend Kevin are trying to lay low in the scrapyard, a cartel-controlled desert hideout for people on the run. But Kevin isn't well. He's been the victim of a strange attack in the night, and while Virginia has drawn the ire of Remo, the cartel head in control of the scrapyard, Kevin has attracted the scent of female werewolf Lucilla, who has even more sinister intentions. If it sounds like there's a lot going on in Hellhounds, there is. An awful lot, and it's more than a bit too much. Not even mentioned above is the subplot of the Hellhounds rival gang, the Silver Bullets, with whom Alias and Mia have a particularly bloody run-in. The film even teases an introduction to the great D.B. Cooper, once the mysterious hijacker, now just an old man hiding out in the desert. Conway's story has multiple plot lines, most with some pretty good, clever, and fun ideas, but none of which get the treatment and fleshing out they deserve. The biker portion of the film fares best, as the werewolf elements play second fiddle to a great degree. Much of the cast here returns from working on Conway's previous picture. As alias, Nathaniel Burns is having a good old time wisecracking and grinning, a twinkle in his eye as he shoots a silver bullet member in the head. Newcomer Dana Kipple shows her spunk as Mia, holding her own with the burly bearded Burns. And it's nice to see them have an uneasy friendship unencumbered by any hints of romantic entanglements. Conway regular Cameron Kotecki seems a bit meek and lost as the nascent werewolf Kevin. His somewhat wishy-washy character seems an odd point of fascination for queen bitch werewolf Musala. Perhaps it's because that character is played with such lustful passion and gusto by returning Conway performer Eva Hamilton. Hamilton is sexy, confident, and simply electric. She's easily the most thrilling and enjoyable aspect of the film. This isn't to say that the movie isn't likable. Despite its morassive plot lines and often meandering story threads, Hellhounds can be pretty fun. What's not to love about a biker bar that tosses in every trope? From topless biker mamas to brawling badasses complete with bottles smashed against heads. And the gore effects are gruesome and well executed overall. The full tilt werewolves are shown a bit too much for their own good. Their fluffiness would have benefited from a bit more shadow and imagination. It would have been nice to see Robert Conway take a few of these choice ideas and really run with them. They all have promise, though some more than others. Obviously, the guy has imagination and can create some fun and enjoyable characters. 
And while they may not be enough or too much to make hellhounds ride at the front of the pack, they rumble and howl with enough abandon to make the film worth a watch. This devil of a reviewer gives hellhounds 2.5 out of 5 imps. Ah, and we are back here once again. We are. Joe is thorough and tough. (laughs) Yeah, so Return of Diablo Joe to Without Your Head is reviews of Return, and that was the Return with Hellhounds. So very cool. Check. Thank you, Joe. And you can check out all the other episodes on our YouTube. We're we're getting closer to 5,000 subscribers. So uh, please subscribe. You'll get these interviews. You'll get the live shows on Thursday. You'll get live dinner and movies. You'll get Diablo Joe reviews. You'll get uh, the Todd samplers. You'll get a random nasty Neil show in the middle of the night when I'm bored (laughs) and want to hang out. So... uh, (laughs) You never know what you'll get. It's a good time. And you also can get the Severed Limbs. Yes. Severed Limbs returns this Sunday. Very exciting. This Sunday. Dang. All right. All right. This Sunday, Diablo Joe is one of the judges. Very cool. That would be intimidating. Yeah. So, uh, so we've got, I believe, I think 22, 23, maybe sh- uh, shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, quite a few, end up getting quite a few uh, trailers at the last minute. Uh-huh. That's cool. I think 17 trailers. And, uh, wow, dang, shorts. man. How long is this total show? Uh, not that long because uh, all of them followed the rules they're all under 20 minutes except for one and they specifically asked yesterday and i told them you know what it's not a real long long uh, long so i i allowed one extra in that's 24 minutes so. but normally i will not do that it's just uh we had some room so we were cool about it now everybody's gonna want room meal no it was this one so uh <laughs> Uh oh, I have a thing popping up on my screen. So here, let me just show some of these uh the the um the uh, posters here. Boom! So uh, this will be making its uh world premiere at Severed Limbs. The Stoneville Killer. Was that? It's such a great poster. It is a sweet poster. By a zombie Durand, very cool guy, a uh, local filmmaker to us. Uh, we got, oh, by the way, let me, I'll read the quick uh, synopsis. Making, oh, it's, I don't have a synopsis. It's us making its world premiere. So it's pretty sweet. I'm sold. It's a great poster. Yeah. Knock. Mm-hmm. A reclusive victor discovers an abandoned camcorder in the woods containing footage that reveals a dark secret, changing his life forever. Interesting. Is it an, a knock or is it something with a zero? It's. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's. Uh, I believe it's a. It's not. Uh, it's not an English film. Not in English. But you know, oh, okay. Got you. Cool. I like that we've got an international film. Very nice. Yeah. This one too is um, 
forget where this one's from. But this is uh, The Summoning. A woman stumbles upon an envelope in her hallway containing a substantial sum of money. However, her world takes a, turn, a dark turn when she accepts the money, unwittingly triggering a sinister challenge involve, involving a malevolent incantation. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's, a That's a creepy poster. It is. It totally is. Hmm. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm uh, very, very fascinated by this image. I think this is such a cool image. It makes me think, like, what the hell? I have so many questions in my head mm -hmm. about, is this symbolic? Is this a woolly? Is, like, what's happening here? Exactly what I want to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And is this, like, a woven thing? And that's why it's arachne based off of, like, spiders and spiders weaving things. I've just got so many thoughts. It's cool. They make oh, bathtub. It's, this has caught my attention. I'm excited Mimic for this. Mimicking the behavior of a spitting spider, a female must cocoon her new prey for a very special ritual. Uh huh. I'm not sure how you pronounce this. We actually have a lot of international. Esthete. The esthete. Right. Oh, it looks like supplies that I have. Right. Yeah. The uh, brushes the, uh, and a straight razor. I do have a hair straight razor. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have a straight razor. If you only used it once, I was afraid I was going to cut my face. Yeah. Apart. Yeah. Or my head. Ooh. It's cool to take pictures of it. Uh, desperation or revelation, madness or transcendence. Art is dangerous. The esteem is a psychedelic horror film dealing with themes of dangerous art, the loneliness and alienation of the outsider, drug use, the things. The truly desperate can make themselves believe manipulation and the possibility, perhaps, of transcendence. Warning contains flashing imagery. Right, I'm so glad I believe, I believe Aaron is here with us. Uh -huh. We'll get back to the rest of these later on. We shall. Welcome to Aaron. Hey. Ah! hey. Oh, yeah. yeah, so I'm still Nasty Neil. I am Annabelle Lecter. Hi, Annabelle. Hi, Nasty Neil. Nice Hello, to meet you. Aaron. Good. To, you know what? Okay, so we met really briefly at the premiere, and I'm glad that I, I, I'm actually getting to speak with you now because it was like there were 10 million people there that there time. There were so many people. It was yeah, overwhelming. This, it was lovely. I'm glad this worked out because we, we were going to do it a Wednesday, but it was cool because Annabelle's never really talked to you, and you've never talked to Annabelle, so I'm glad it worked out to do it here. I've yeah. heard wonderful things about you from Neil. Oh. I have Love only it. wonderful things to say about Neil. I hope you'll oh. forgive me, by the way. Um, so I'm coming to you from the garage of my home. <laughs> we're, we're going through like renovation. I can't go into my home, but the place that we're staying is kind of tiny. And my six-year-old has the loudest voice you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> so I'm just kind of hiding out like, uh, like a crazy person in a garage speaking with like lights around me. I appreciate your resourcefulness to be a part of the show. So I, I take it as a high compliment. <laughs> yeah. And also thanks to your wife for watching, uh, watching your, your child. during. The oh, she's amazing. 
So for people who don't know, you edited the Once in Future Smash, and you're also a filmmaker yourself, so we'll talk about all this stuff. But for Smash itself, um, how did you get involved in it? How did like you come about to be the editor? Well, I had uh, worked with Mike and Sophia previously on a bunch of stuff. Um, on Actually, at that point, only on uh, Half Cocked. And they had produced my short Half Cocked. And uh, they came to me and they said, Aaron, uh, we're shooting this, this mockumentary and you are unquestionably the greatest and uh, most talented editor who lives near us and owes us favors. And uh, they gave me all their footage and that they, that they had shot, which was like a week before the world shut down and um and said well here's you know here's our movie and we're gonna go shoot pickups in a week or two and uh, we should have this whole thing in the can in like in like you know three or four months and um the world stopped and uh i looked at that footage and i said this is a really awesome short guys i said no no, no. this is this is a feature okay okay so we're sitting on this for a minute and then one day they give me a drive and they say or they they give me a dropbox link and they say here's mark Patton. like okay so new kid in school jesse is now in our film mm -hmm. so uh and then the names just start rolling in oh here we've, we've got bc dupree um <laughs> we've got uh lorraine landed uh it's just one after the other these incredible names and uh giving really funny interviews and really clever stuff and uh and it it just turned into such a cool project over the course of about two years i'd say from when we started post to when we got a locked cut so fun stuff yeah so initially what, i'm sorry we're gonna say anything? i was gonna say from i'm not an editor i can't even imagine but that was a lot of bits and pieces to be chopping up and putting together. That to me looked like that is a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot like of work. Putting all the pieces together. And it's amazing. It's just amazing. And I think that so much of that credit does go to you for being able to do this chop up, reassemble. Well, thank you. And to yeah. the filmmaker's credit, uh, Sophia and Mike had a solid script to begin with that really outlined how they wanted to hit the story and develop it over the course of these 90 minutes. Uh, and it really, in the end, if you were to look at the script and look at the, the final movie, I mean, there's a really solid amount of ad lib in there. But overall, the, the the arc of the story really echoes what was written and what they set out to do, you know, 10 million interviews ago. Yeah. Yeah. So when when you first see, um, you know, the original footage we have, this is before we get a lot of the, the quote unquote talking heads. And actually a lot of stuff was basically just the stuff that we had from Mad Monster and a few interviews from um, Rock and Shock. And you, you, you already said like, oh, it's a cool short. And when they say a feature, uh, did you think like it's just not going to work, or like, what, what do you think at that point? You know, 
it's it's hard when you have just a little keep in mind as an editor a lot of people like i've had a lot of projects come my way that uh were good and weren't good and i also know who i'm dealing with to some degree so sometimes people will give you footage and they say well this is i, I once straight out told somebody i said uh this is a, a 50 this is not sophia and mike I said this is a 50 minute cut of your movie and this is uh, the best version of your movie that will ever exist. You should call this your movie right now. And he didn't he didn't want to. And then uh, one of the first reviews that came out of that movie said this movie would have been perfect at 50 minutes. Like, it, it, you know, sometimes when you see stuff, but with Sophie and Mike, uh, I've seen enough of their work that from the beginning, um, when some of the interviews were coming in and they were shot not by Sophia and, you know, um, I knew that I saw stuff that I'm like, okay, well, this, there's going to be more and they have a plan and it's going to come together because they're, they're not, they're, they're not like half asset type of filmmakers. They get it done. So I wasn't ever really concerned that there was going to be a film and that it was going to be of high quality. What I will say is I had uh, editor envy when I started to understand the the whole depth of the project, and I saw I said, okay, well, when are you giving me the footage for End Zone Two? And uh, I, I guess that cat's out of the bag since you just had all yeah, the uh... just, yeah they <laughs> talked about it for the first time. So yeah, I saw Annabelle give a look like, are you yeah. saying that it's not from nineteen seventy? <laughs> but. Um, and Mike's like, oh, I'm I'm cutting that, and 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 my heart fell on the floor. But, yeah. uh, but I did see all those early, very early cuts of that uh, as I was cutting Smash because their timeline had started well before the Once in Future Smash uh, timeline of post, and so a that was cool because I got to get a sense of exactly what they were doing because even before they had applied all the film treatments and stuff. That 70s look, uh, especially with like Sophia's telephoto zooms or her, her, her manual zooms and the uh, and even even like the performances. And uh, it really gave us, you know, it really gave a sense. Here's what they're creating and here's how it's going to relate to what we're making. And it really brought everything into a very good, fine perspective. And then. Uh, and then I will say that uh, the movie itself, I thought, was just awesome when I saw it. Uh, even like the earlier cuts. And yeah, that nut spit that you guys were talking about earlier, I was laughing. But even the first time I saw it, I'm like, that is too funny. And I was <laughs> laughing out loud. Uh, so uh, when things start to come in, um, the, the one of the process, this whole process for me, um, the idea of like, so you might have like a joke that's, in my opinion, very funny, but it maybe it's too long actually for the movie, or it doesn't really fit into the whole overall arc of the movie. Uh, what's the process like cutting stuff out that you might think actually is funny or something, but just doesn't work in in, in the movie? So this is where Neil Jones Not comes even about into me. I'm like, uh, uh, well, no, but like, this is about you though. This part right. is about you because, because you made some good calls earlier. I didn't really, 
know you prior to this project. I mean, I knew of you via, uh, you know, your Facebook presence and without your head, but I didn't like know you. And so I think Sophia and Mike, they didn't always say where the notes were coming from, but there would be these really astute notes about like, we've tried this. It's just not happening. We appreciate you trying to make this work, but this one isn't going to fly. And there was, there were a few things like that, that, um, cause I'll always, I'll always, I don't, let something go unseen unless it's absolutely terrible but if somebody tried something if somebody tried to make something funny tried to make something work i'll always try to put the best version of it out there so that people can see what the joke is what it can be and decide um and a lot of it you know in the case of once in future smash most of the jokes were hitting really early on and especially, uh, especially the actual uh, A-roll footage of the the in- initial footage of um, Mikey Smash and uh... yeah, William Mouth. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but that was hitting. That stuff was hitting really early on and really funny. And uh, and there were a few moments that in the end just didn't didn't fly but uh and then i would get emails of course from uh william mouth let's <laughs> say let's say please make sure that you uh do not cut my nude scene from this movie so am i am i dropping spoilers left and right no no it, it, I think it, it came come up, up and it, yeah, it's come up yeah. i think in every interview we've talked about Probably, but it came up yeah. in the last one too in the with the ladies of end zone too but it felt cool in the end when we're in the theater and it plays. It's like, A, I feel like I made good on that communication there. And B, it's something that anytime you watch that with an audience, you just goes, oh, wow. <laughs> you know, everybody's surprised every single time. Mm-hmm. And even if you know it's coming, you're still, oh, there, there, there's that. Um, and creating having moments like that, it doesn't even matter like really what the content is. Having a moment like that 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 the viewer will respond to in that way is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the experience for me is the end of the day. It uh, the finished project is what matters. It doesn't matter if like oh I had a cool moment making this part and so we have to keep it or whatever. And I've seen um because Sophia had questioned a couple of scenes. And then when we saw it at, at, at festivals, like some of those scenes that she questioned worked and she's like, oh, so it's good. We kept it. And I like that. All, you know, everyone's like, we just want this to be as good as possible. Even if maybe it's a joke that one, one of us don't necessarily like, but uh, it works with the audience. And when you're there, the, scene, the, the nudity scene gets a huge reaction and it definitely is right for the movie. And I was with you. I wasn't sure if it, it fit either. So. Mm-hmm. But he's such a lovable character. He's so innocent. So it's not, it's not yeah, it's like not, it's he's not a creep. Years. He's yeah, yeah. he's just a happy man. <laughs> he is really like if he's. I mean, I guess AJ is really like the protagonist in a way of the Once and Future Smash. But Willie Mouth is really an endearing character. Yeah, I feel yeah, so sad for him so often. <laughs> Uh, early on when we were all writing notes 
um i was holding back a little bit because i was like i don't want to i don't want to offend anybody because the first cut of the movie it wasn't even a cut it was the oh yeah not the rough cut the i forget the assembly cut i think and I was like, I don't even know if this movie's ever going to work. Because I was like, well, what is this? But it's my first experience being like part of a movie from the beginning. And so I I really wanted to write like, a, and I was like, I don't want to say too much. because, But then I, I right away, I noticed things started to get really cut down and moved around. And I was like, oh, everyone's being really honest here about what people want. Just, just to get this made into, you know, the best it can be. Oh, yeah. I mean. As an editor, my whole job, honestly, is notes. Like, that's what I do every single... Because I'm a, I'm a career editor, too. That's what I do every single day of my life, is I spend, you know, a few days putting something together and then months changing it around, you mm-hmm. know? Because there's the person who... Like, in this particular case of indie filmmaking, it's one situation, but, like, you know... I'm, doing a show right now and so there's the person that i answer to directly he has his opinions but then he answers to somebody and so after he gets his cut the way he likes it that person has their opinions which are very different from his you know and then i do theirs and then it gets sent to network and they have their opinions so at some point if you're somebody who gets upset or offended by notes Honestly, uh, media is not the, 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 the profession for you because it, it has to be collaborative and you have to put all of your ego aside. You can't say, oh, this was my joke. I love it. Um, I mean, honestly, uh, Sophia has a very different sense of humor than I do. And so she cuts my jokes down. <laughs> like <laughs> He smashes right through them. And, <laughs> And the thing is, I don't disagree in the end with a lot of her choices. Like she's she's not wrong, you know. Uh, and she probably saved us from from a couple of couple of groans in the uh, in the screenings. But you can't you can't say, oh man, that was that was mine. I can't believe you're cutting that. You can occasionally, but you got to really. That's got to be rare. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, like, it's not personal or anything. Wow. It's uh, we're trying to make the best thing here. Sophia notes off it to the side that she did let you keep some of your jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I let you keep some. <laughs> <laughs> well, she did. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Like uh, I, I know specific stuff that uh, I just know after watching with a bunch of audiences, everyone was also honest stuff that they thought might not work really work, and. Um, and then they're like, "Oh, it was good to keep it." So I, I, it's a very a good experience that everyone just wanted to make this uh, something that works for everybody. So when was the first time you saw the finished smash with an audience? Oh, was that uh, was that? Did we do that nightmares? Was that our first screening? So was scream? Were you at you were at Screamfest? I right? wasn't at. Oh when yeah, wait, was Screamfest before nightmares? Because. Yeah. Yeah, it was. That was like the the premiere following Fright Fest, which I had to miss. Um, Scream Fest was awesome. I was stand. I was sitting behind Richard Elfman, which mm-hmm. to me, everyone in this movie is you know a jaw dropping celebrity. Yeah. But that was particular. I was sitting behind Richard Elfman, and I've seen him like at three different events now related to indie filmmaking and. And I'm always afraid to say anything. I just, I just sit there. Like, 
I lock up. I'm like, he is, he is like a, a, a celebrity to me that like, I was afraid to say anything. So I just sat nicely behind him and I'm like, Oh, he liked that joke. Very good. <laughs> it's like, Oh, he's laughing at that. Very. He likes how I handled that. I'm, I'm glad. Um, but it was, uh, that was cool to see everybody react to, to see, especially the Vietnam thing. I, which yeah. I don't want to, now we're really, when you start talking about that, you're really kind of, I don't want to go into that because that's really giving away a piece, you know, something mm-hmm. if I go into, but to see people get that and, you know, and then different people get different things. Some people really dug the Warhol stuff and that was cool. Uh, and then, you know, and other people just, and there's lots of, I mean, there's layers upon layers. Uh, Sophia and Mike really, uh, they built something that you can actually go really deep into it. Wes Craven hates End Zone 2, uh, which was made in 1970, about Nancy who suffers from nightmares. That's hysterical. Uh, and and the thing is, that's never said in that way in the uh, in the movie. That's never. It just happens to be if you watch both films and listen to it, you get that. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of there's and there's there's references hidden in references hidden in references to cinema throughout and horror throughout the uh, the movie, and it's cool that to see some people like nod at that stuff and laugh. And then, you know, other people are still enjoying everything else that's there, you know, that is a little more on the nose. So it's a fun experience. So something I'm really curious about is getting the tone right from one end to the other. Cause the movie starts as like a straight mockumentary or docu. So you're maybe you don't even know if it's a mockumentary, if you just go in blind. And by the end, it's a, like an absurd movie, but uh, almost like, well, I've, uh, I see characters in movies who will start one way and end a different way. And I'm always interested in the middle part because you can't just go from I'm this to I'm this because that's very a weird contrast. So actually going from like a, like a straight documentary to an absurd movie to get that right, where there's not just like, bam. We're in we're in a documentary now. Now it's just you know it's just very odd. And I think if you if if you do it wrong, it just it would not work. But to kind of get that arc, like how do you do that when you're putting the movie together? So if in I've done a few mockumentaries, and um, I always like to just treat it. I personally like to treat it like you never really fully break out you never nod to the audience you never um you never straight out admit that this is a piece of comedy that nobody in it is aware that it's comedy this broke that a little bit uh with the uh the shot scenes and 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 it took some building up i actually i tried to hide that to bury it for a long time with i'd go to the interviews and the interviews, for the most part, were really well done from like a dry perspective. They deliver yeah. their stuff and they were. And of course, the difference is the fact that all these people were trained actors. They're 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 really experienced professional actors who were interviewed. And so and even like even uh, 
the the two directors writers who were interviewed uh uh adam and todd they were you know they're performers at heart as well so they got it and they they played it very straight and it really allows you to enjoy the the facade of uh this is a real absolute world that you can buy into and then once you're bought in then you can start you know with the guy in his office in Lindbrook who represents both of the uh both of you know the the two struggling actors and you can start breaking away to you know and then you've got the movie producer trying to and you've got the elements that are a little more silly a little more over the top um and uh also nod at the audience a little more that this is a scripted piece um but but yeah it's to me i i like to i like to build the world first before you can break that down at all mm-hmm. yeah i guess this, once you have the suspension of disbelief like set up and then you can introduce like so, some you know things that or or less if you would have that right at the beginning you you would know it's a different kind of movie right right and uh there's also you're also building and you're also building towards something you know, you there has to be constant surprises, and in this movie, there definitely are constant surprises. I mean, I mean, it's, yes. <laughs> this story just changes and changes and changes right. to the point where it's actually fairly realistic. And uh, some of the stuff that 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 was predicted in the movie as a piece of humor when it was written in 2020 has actually come to fruition. And it's funny, you write something that's so outlandish like that, like uh, Sophie and Mike did, and then it's it, it's real. And I can't say what that is until until people see the movie. But um, but yeah. And then, by the way, people uh, withoutyourhead.com slash touchdown will bring you to the Kickstarter. Um, we've we've hit the goal where we actually have a stretch goal now to uh, get people involved to get the get the word out there pr and stuff so we're very happy that so many people are into this and so the the DV, the blu-rays will actually be released but uh you only get the the cool slip cover if you get the one uh off this website and i honestly believe that like and i'm i'm not saying this just to promote the film uh because i have a personal vested interest in the film's success which i do but that being said, um, it's something that every time you've seen it with, you know, at Nightmares, at Genre Blast, at Scream Fest, with the crowd of people who enjoy and uh, appreciate horror and people who uh, grew up on the horror legends and uh, in that in that kind of tradition, people love watching this. People love all the nods people love how true it is for anybody who's ever gone to a convention with this kind of a situation and everything about it down to down to the moment when uh whoever's moderating that panel between the uh the (laughs) announcing the future (laughs) smash says well no for the panel you're you want to see you'd have to exit the auditorium (laughs) wait and then come back in (laughs) That is a re and and somebody shouts out, "You suck!" That's a real thing. Uh, like yeah, that. That's definitely a real thing. I think that that guy's heard that many times. 
Um, but there's there's so much there. Also, just about uh, I don't think that. And again, I don't want to give too much. But the painting, the tape scheme, the uh, the way that that Mikey Smash is earning money, I don't think that that's the most unheard of thing. Uh-huh. I mean, people are all of this stuff kind of reflects real world appreciation and concerns mm-hmm. about a very large community of fans. Yeah. And I think that's really cool to see. I think people will really appreciate that. Aaron's jokes contributed a huge amount of making it funny. As a person who's gone to uh, a lot of conventions when Neil and I used to do convention coverage, um, it's so interesting watching this movie and feeling like this really is made for people who who have been to conventions like it really will appeal to those people and so i think it's going to be an interesting crossover for an indie film that's done a lot of festivals to get play with convention people because i think that's there's not always a crossover between those two groups and i think this could really break that line I agree with that as someone who's done both the conventions and the festivals. It is a different audience for the most part. Yeah. And, and sometimes other... movies I've seen play conventions would probably work better at a festival and vice versa. Mm-hmm. If you were to, if this would be the kind of thing where you'd, you'd want to almost personally, and they are personally managing the release, you'd want to see drive-in double features of end zone and once in future smash you'd want to see them uh you know build next to each other for that whole experience and uh it should be it honestly is a communal experience end zone 2 is unquestionably a communal experience it's something that it just i mean it is fun to watch but it is so much fun to watch in a theater and I'm not even saying that from like a create like I had no creative involvement at all in End Zone Two. I wasn't. I've just seen it in theaters like three times, and I've uh, and I watched it all through uh, editing Once in Future Smash, and it's still so funny to me. And I, I guess not just funny. It's actually when I first heard Catherine's score on it because she's just incredible. I had seen it without her score, and then I saw it with her. Her score is nuts, by the way. Uh, it is, it is like up there in terms of horror scores. I know this thing was done as like an experiment, but it is, it is a solid and frightening overall composition. Um, and the first time I heard it with that, I was like, oh, well, I buy that this could have been a cult movie. This is something that people would have watched and watched. It's scary. Honestly, it's, I mean, it's silly. Like you're talking about the breakaway. I heard a little bit of, so I did hear, I heard a, a chunk of the interviews earlier, but I was picking my son up and he said, daddy, can we put on you're the best around? <laughs> okay. So we listened to Joe Beans <laughs> Esposito. Um, but, um, but overall, uh, well, a lot of the movies we grew up watching from that era, uh, they got scary stuff, but there are also silly stuff in them. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, it really feels like a movie for, that would have been made in the 70s. Right. But like the glass breaking and stuff. Yeah, it's a funny it's a funny joke. But when you see like the shots of him through the uh, through the, the crack in the door yeah. and he's walking around the house, he's actually chilling. Mm-hmm. And some even some of the stuff in that shack is very threatening. Yeah. And some of it's really actually very disturbing. But mm-hmm. and everybody acts their part really well um between between smash himself and aj and then uh and then all the women in the cabin are just awesome and they really like uh trisha's performance during the seance yeah that's this is not some piece of kitsch at that point like you're watching people operating at the top of their skill sets from the filmmaking involved to uh you know to the acting these are this is good filmmaking this is this is this is good art that they've created and it's not just some like laugh off joke like oh this is what a silly horror movie in 1970 would have looked like no this is what a you know a decent movie into 2023 looks like yeah being there for that scene because no none of us knew how she was gonna play the uh when she like gets possessed and uh, when she broke into that, I was like, oh, everyone was like, wow, this is, you know, this is, we're here. This is something special. This is, you know, this is going to be a big part of the movie. I remember, you know, we took several takes and uh, just watching that, I was like, oh, this is, this is really, a, this is something special. And seeing it in the theater, I remember at Scream Fest, like, it got an ovation that scene. I was like, oh, wow, that's very cool. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It- yeah. It has people. The movie brings people in the way that it's supposed. Because I mean, it's very like it's very much. It's Black Friday. It's Black Flag. Black Christmas. It's Halloween. It's you know, uh, it brings people in the same way that those movies do. And even Halloween now, you'll watch it and you'll say, "Okay, I see the years on this movie," mm-hmm. but it'll never not be scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So have you always been a horror movie fan, by the way? I would look at you and I think, oh, this is just the normal dude. He doesn't like horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been a normal dude. But um, <laughs> um yeah, since since I was it, it okay, and so I always thought it was just something about me. It might be genetic because my kid is innately into horror and I don't show him anything. I don't talk about horror with him. I write horror. In fact, like recently I, I always wrote horror comedy before recently I've written two straight out horror films that are just like upsettingly horror. Um, but, uh, it's been in me since I was a little kid. I always liked darker stories. Um, I was reading Stephen King in like seventh grade. And performing performing scenes from it in my English class, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's something that that fiction in general, good fiction, has always interested in me. But drama, I I always I always prefer comedy and horror to drama uh, because why do you have to be on the nose when you can really play with people's sense of fun and sense of imagination? Mm. And that's what you get from horror. You 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 don't have to say what you're talking about. You can mm. just put it in there and have fun with your audience for a while. 
and come along with us on this ride. Yeah, we care about stuff too. We're just not having, you know, a courtroom movie about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's all well. And it, it's always weird to me now. So many people um, think that's a new thing that there's like either social commentary or there's like subtext to, to horror movies. And it's like, either you just didn't notice because you were a kid when you were growing up watching this stuff or, or, or you're just being dishonest. I think, I mean, it's, it's always been in, in all in, I've had arguments on Facebook about even like twilight zone saying like the new twilight zone had too much social commentary. Unlike the old ones. And I was like, did you even watch them? Like, or, or star Wars or star Trek, especially. And I was like, I mean, that was like the whole basis of, of star Trek. Mm-hmm. Plus, yeah. I think comedy and horror are the two things that are best to watch with people in an audience because people react to both. Yeah. Because you can share that. It's like hits you in some deep places that, like dramas, of course, it's, you know, it's a stage of human emotion, but not to where comedy and horror hit. Like those are real gut things that people feel is laughter. You can watch something funny, you're going to laugh. You're going you're to. Also, you're invited to enjoy yourself. At- yeah you're seeing a horror movie with people or a comedy movie you're you're invited to be enthusiastic in your reactions you can't watch True. like you know the firm with people oh crap <laughs> in a theater it won't it won't fly that's a good short film actually so it's like watching this real serious movie and some guys just sit there go oh wow look at that one <laughs> that's what we should do for one dinner in a movie we'll just yeah. go in and disturb an audience with our yeah, well, they were very reactions. disturbing at the last movie we went to see, so why not? Yeah. Well, <laughs> what's your favorite Stephen King stories? Oh, okay. So mm. there was, I I don't remember if it was the Bachman book or four books or Four Past Midnight. There was The Long Walk. Mm-hmm. Was it ter- well, yeah, it was a terrifying. Original Bachman books, I believe. It was, which just. It was reality, show, and I read it before reality shows became a thing. Mm-hmm. And later on, kind of the Squid Games kind of emulated that story, basically. But that was right. Then the Running Man, as well, the original story. I remember being yeah. super disappointed. I haven't gone back and watched it. I'm sure it's a super fun action movie, but I remember being really disappointed it's, at that movie. It's not. It's. Almost nothing like the actual story. It's like the basic idea, I guess, but it's completely different. I mean, now that the years have wiped away any memory I have of the original <laughs> story that I loved so much, I bet I'd watch the movie and think it was like super fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that uh, the Running Man original story was really something that moved me when I read it. Uh, also, the body. Uh, oh, that's yeah, that's so great. That's what uh, that was always. I think one of the best uh, film adaptations too, and it's not a horror movie, but yeah, that was that was a beautiful movie. Mm. By, the, Just... by the way, I I had actually read the or listened to the audiobook because that's considered reading. I think uh, the Bachman books just in the last couple of years. And when I was listening to the to the Running Man, I was like, why don't they? This is one that you should remake as opposed to remaking a movie that I think already works. Like. I always think the original Pet Cemetery, Pet Cemetery is great. I don't know why you need to remake yeah. it multiple times, but you need to remake the the Running Man, but do it as the book, so it's completely different than the first movie. But then when I get to the very end, I won't spoil it for anybody. Like, if you do that end today, after things have happened, 
like i don't think you could really do that ending and that, that's uh mm -hmm. that's really weird too because it was almost predicting something that would happen much later mm -hmm. i wouldn't say too much about the ending yeah people i know it's like 40 or 50 years ago the book, but but, it's rough that's a real yeah. thing like you you even when you're planning on writing something you you're reading the news as you're right especially like darker stuff you're reading the news and you're like has this become not appropriate now is this uh, is it going to be taken the wrong way are people going to especially in horror because i, I you know you expect a lot from your audience in horror you say is this going to be taken the wrong way are people going to misunderstand this and take the complete wrong message from it which people do mm -hmm. i mean you know, there are people who think, you know, uh, that American Psycho is a hero and, you know, and oh, that's a great personality type. Yeah, or the Joker is a movie we talk about a lot and people, you know, people like, I think it's a great movie, but I don't watch it like, man, I want to be like this guy. Or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's not an okay guy. He's a, yeah. he's a bad person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Mm -hmm. What was it? Was one of the other original Bachman books? It's the only Stephen King book that he actually uh, doesn't publish anymore because it's about a school shooter, and it was you know. Oh, written. I remember it. He stood up in front of his classroom, um, and he he held his classroom hostage for a long. Yeah, I could see why that's not published anymore. Yeah, yeah and it was him personally. Like, I don't want to put this out here, you know, out because you know it's weird because, like you said, a a movie or a book is still entertainment at the same at the end of the day so it's a you know you put that out as entertainment but it's about something you don't want anyone to like read it and... i mean the problem is nothing exists until it does columbine brought that into existence it, it there was no such thing as a, a school shooting that people knew about that people that people studied and learned it didn't exist before 1990 it's like the five minute before 1999 it's like the five minute mile nobody thought it could happen and then suddenly it it's achievable and then for the people who are out there like oh i'm never gonna do something like this and then it happens oh and people actually it opens a door and then all over the place you have these instances happening whereas through our whole childhood that was something that straight out didn't exist and so when people complain about like different regulations in place or this or this well yeah the world has changed yeah. uh we need to take more stuff into consideration can you, yeah, is a minor convenience that big of a deal compared to, you know, what and would happen like, otherwise? Yeah. I hate to bring it, I, I recognize that in my conversation, I will frequently reference my kid, but, and I, I, I realize I'm doing a lot in this, but he had superhero training drills at his school where he was taught what to do if there's a bad guy and how to be a superhero. And they were taught to block how to hide and how to fight in those cases and he came home and he told me all about his superhero training at six years old uh this is a very different I, what happened to the once in future smash i'm sorry um no but, well our, this it, is it, this happens on this show so <laughs> feel yeah, free my brother who's uh he's having internet connections why he's not on he was going to be on um he works at a school and and even you know the employees have to take these courses and it's it's a very weird thing to think like I guess if you grow up in it, like you're just used to it. But you no. know, someone who didn't grow up in it, it's like very. But they're growing up in in more than we ever we ever thought. I mean, they're growing up in a world where uh, where you know after school, 
hand washing is not like a light. Okay, go wash your hands. It's a pretty serious. Okay, dude, you gotta you gotta clean your hands right now. You know, to a different. Oh, somebody's sick, so suddenly we're all we're all staying home. It's a different world. Um, and and you know, rightfully so again because because these things go around and then and then uh, everybody you know winds up sick for like weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, Dave says do long walk is one of the great lesser known King novels which they're making to movie actually we just talked about the other week they announced they're making the movie huh. and it's a little I think it's a hard movie to make because it is people walking the whole time and also kind of like what you said there's been movies since that story was written that are about similar things so even though it was written before them I do think if people watch the movie version they'll think oh this is like a not a copy, but like, oh, it's similar to these other things, even though they were written after. You know, what I, mean? mm. I don't know though. I mean, but I, I guess think it's a hard movie to make. It's true that nothing's original, though. It's all in the execution. So, in that case, perhaps literally, but um, <laughs> not to laugh, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, I could see that being, and also you have King's writing behind it, and he's he's just a solid, solid author. There's there's a lot to be said. Go somewhere. Yeah. I think I think he might he might make it that Stephen King guy. Uh but uh Catherine Capazzi. We we need to get Catherine on to talk about uh yeah. talk about music. That'd be great. That would be great. 100 percent Yeah, she's amazing. And uh I'm, and she deserved I'm glad she was at the one that she won the award. She was yeah. there, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she so, scored uh, both of my shorts as well. Oh nice. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. She scored half cocked. She, I mean, I love what she did with that score. It's she has a way of coming up with stuff that you never would have thought of. Even if you like, like, uh, give her samples or whatever. Oh, let's go in this direction. She comes back with this very inventive, very creative and unique sound that just a super creative composer. So it was really cool when I was, uh, I love half cocked. And when I was watching the the season finale or the last couple episodes of um, Better Call Saul and Pat mm -hmm. Healy's on it, I was like, oh, that's a guy from half cocked. <laughs> I, I oh, watched my mom and she was like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. But but but, <laughs> but it was very, very cool. And now, how did Pat Healy actually get involved? Because it's like a uh, he's a great actor. I mean, all the people in it are great, but uh, it's, you know, a pretty big actor to get in, in your short. He lived in Sophia and Mike's building and, oh. and they gave him the script. They're like, Hey, we're doing a short. I think you might be funny in it. If you, you know, if you'd be willing to give it a read and he read it. And then, uh, he came and met with us at, uh, some like coffee place in, in Hollywood and, uh, and talked to him. He's, he like asked me about how I was, planning on making the movie and like what I wanted the shots to look like. And, uh, luckily I didn't choke up too much at that point in time because he was, he said, okay, I'm in. I think he later regretted that decision on like day three, like, you know, 18 hour day three of, uh, of being on set, you know, hanging out with us and eating pizza instead of, uh, watching the Academy Awards, which were the night of our shoot. Um, but, and we really did put him through the ringer on that shoot, but, uh, 
I mean, he had this performance that was just so naturalistic and you just bought into a hundred percent what he was doing. And you saw, I saw it in, like before I even like just in the raw footage, it's all there. So, and, uh, he had, uh, Vanessa Benavente to play off of and London Boyd and Vanessa is now playing, uh, Mary on the chosen. So mm -hmm. she went on to like this major NBC show. And so sometimes I feel weird publicizing like her role in this, movie about like you know raising the dead now that you know <laughs> she, she she's this very religious figurehead um but and and of course you know we were we were just very lucky with that cast pat brought on london who played uh rudy and he just uh, threw himself into this role like nobody i've ever seen sometimes physically threw himself into the role and uh and uh, everybody on everybody on that set just went above and beyond their own their own you know comfort level to, mm -hmm. to make that thing funny. It was really fun. Well, I did get a chance to see it, Neil. Oh, good. Fortunately, yeah. under the wire, but I got to see both of the shorts, and uh, oh, great. they were super fun. Loved Thank it. You. Um, you said that was the first time you worked with Michael and Sophia. So did you know them before Halfcock? Like, were you so, friendly with them? Or? So I had seen Clickbait, which was their previous uh, feature, which is actually really good. And mm -hmm. it's a really, like, solid comedy horror film that kind of needs to be seen. And I think, I feel like there's some issue right now where it can't be released or something. Mm -hmm. um, but... Anyway, that that's another movie that needs to get out there to audiences. But I think part Clickbait. of the reason why the, they decided to self distribute uh, the one right. that Beatrice mentioned them too. Go on, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but I'd seen that at a fest, a genre blast, and um, and uh, had gone up to them, told told them I really liked their film, and then just a few weeks after that, after we first met. Uh, we all contributed and helped out on uh, a friend of ours, Rakefit, uh, yeah, on her, her proof of concept. <laughs> yeah, she was in half cock. Yeah. Her proof of concept <laughs> for um, for her upcoming at the time film, Boo. And uh, so we were all on that set together. And uh, and at that point, uh, somewhere around there, they agreed to read half cocked and. Mm -hmm they they were on board with producing it once they read it and which made all the difference uh, they brought because they brought so many just from from every perspective they brought a lot to making that film happen uh it's a, it's very much a launch over production and uh Rakefit is a uh, plays uh a jacks in uh yeah like the jacks verse i guess and then half cup yeah mm -hmm. Is a, is a nice little uh, uh, aside. So from her short, yeah, from her short film, she played the same character, the mm -hmm. same. Un, you don't realize it when you watch it, but the same very dangerous character from her short film in her short appearance in uh, in Half Cocked. Yeah. So, um, is Half Cocked any out there anywhere for people to watch right now? Okay, so I can't. All I can say about that is that it will be and uh and i will be sharing it 
with you and with you know and sharing it far and wide as soon as i as soon as i have that uh info that i'm allowed to share but yes um Halfcock is going to be open to wider audiences in i believe the very near future oh very exciting. very exciting yeah uh, so what was that experience like was, was that your first short film that you like you went to festivals for so okay so um it wasn't I used to direct uh, for television, like uh, for like the soup and stuff. And so, so, so like, let's say like the soup. Okay. So we would shoot, we would get a script, shoot a scripted piece, edit it overnight. And then in the morning play it for a live audience of like 50 people uh, mm -hmm. as it rolled into a show. And we'd get to see, you know, we get to see those reactions live. And that's a really unique experience. And then, you know, the next day it would be on television or that night it would be on television. Um, so I had years of doing that behind me and shows like that. Uh, but then uh, I had always written and I don't, that's something I always did on the side. I always wrote and I had all these screenplays and my wife was like, you have to submit these someplace, you know? So I started sending to festivals and they, uh, a few things won festivals really quickly. So I'd be showing up and, uh, and then I felt bad because you meet everybody, you meet all these filmmakers and you see what they do and all the stuff they brought to the fest. And I'm like, here's a script that you're <laughs> not going to read. Like the, I can see what they could do, but they can't see what I can do, you know? So I showed up as, so I decided I'm going to shoot one of them so I can, you know, show up and, you know, be able to to talk with the real filmmakers there and uh and so i had wanted to make half cocked in general but then i was like okay well now i'm really gonna make this thing happen and it was a really cool push i'm so glad that a i'm glad that i did it but b i'm glad that uh sophie and mike were on board and brought along this incredible team and i've met from that team I mean, I've worked with most of those crew members again on several occasions, and I've become good friends with some of them over the years. And it's that's just a really cool thing. Um, it added something to my life. So I'm definitely glad that I made that first. Uh, so I guess to answer your question, yes, it's the first short film I took to festivals. <laughs> yeah. I, I recommend fest festivals to everyone no matter what level like if you just want to go watch movies i mean it's a great experience but if you want to be involved in anything um that's where you're going to meet other people that you can collaborate with and, and make or just make friends with exactly exactly like you do see a lot of people saying oh go to fest it's where you're going to meet agents and distributors you're going to go to fest and have a good time Honestly, yeah. like you're going to, it, it's a life experience. It's fun. You, you, you act like a kid again. Like you, you, you know, I'm in my forties, you know, but it's like you go to nightmares. It's like you're at sort of genre blast or our hotel, you know, it's, it's like you're at summer camp. Uh, you know, you, 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 you stay out till 3am watching movies. You get your, you know, three or four hours of sleep you wake up and then you see everybody at breakfast yeah you know and you go to taco bell in the middle of the night yeah and you go to taco bell in the middle of the night an hour to get it for some reason yeah. <laughs> but no it's an amazing time 
they, I, I don't know why though, but the Taco Bell and in around nightmares though, it, the food took like an hour every night. I'm not sure. It was really good Taco Bell though. <laughs> it was. Good. I <laughs> like, think the experience really. Uh, the, I, I think mean, the company made it. Yeah. But that's also the other thing. You're basically right there. Nightmares is a great example because you're at OSU. You're basically when you're at Nightmares. You're basically an OSU student. You get out of seeing a movie, you know, you get some some drinks and then you go to Popeyes, you know, <laughs> like like and then, you know, oh, man, I better I better get some sleep before I got to go back to the movie theater tomorrow. You know, <laughs> like. It's something that is super fun and also you can only do it once every, you know, once or twice a year because because adults aren't cut out for living like that but but i can't eat taco bell every night right now keep on taco bell in years and i wasn't bad i have to say (laughs) that was really good taco bell but um there there are of course i'm sure like people do go to you know sundance and people have their 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 uh cans experience i'm i'm I don't. I, I honestly don't know if I should say con or can or cans, yeah, but really people have their experiences <laughs> over there, and that's where you know they do go to their they do go to meetings and straight out make deals, and that that does happen. That's not going to happen off of, you know, a movie like Half Cocked, or you know, that doesn't happen off of you know horrors and comedies, and that's not really if you're making that stuff. That's kind of probably not what you're after mm-hmm. um although i do know the guy who made the movie alligator 2 and uh the director of alligator 2 was at i believe it was uh it was something like can sundance one of those and he was pulled into a room where mm-hmm. there was just cocaine all over the place <laughs> and somebody somebody said to him we're making a sequel to Alligator. We want you to direct it, and uh, and we're going to pay you X amount for every day that you're on set. And so I guess that stuff does. So I guess I, I guess these things are you know happening wow. somewhere, or at least were really? back in like 1989. <laughs> but uh, but mostly, if you're if you're making something for the indie horror, you know, film festival circuit. You're in it for fun, and yeah, that is the most likely experience that you're setting yourself up for. In yeah. you know, I think it's come up a lot tonight, and it's come up um, uh, in other interviews. Stuff, um, you know, you started doing stuff with Michael and Sophia. Michael and Sophia, well, I, you know, I did a short film with them, and it when people find other people that they think you know are both talented but also that you like you're comfortable with and you like to work with and are good people then you 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 continue that becomes part of your group and i think that's why a lot of uh either either friends that i see on facebook that make independent movies a lot of them work with the same people and over and over again because you find your little group of people that you enjoy doing stuff with and that you can trust. I, that's yeah. what I really caught from them is that mm-hmm. you might have fun with people, but if you can't trust them, then you could hang out with them, but you probably shouldn't work with them. Right. You need to know that people are going to be there at call and that they're going to make safe choices on, because mm-hmm. I mean, set is dangerous, you know, 
this is this is why you know the the big studios they're all unions because this is you're, you're lugging around heavy stuff you're dealing with electricity you're mm-hmm. dealing with uh stunts numerous risks you really yeah. do have to trust everybody who you bring onto your set to behave in a very responsible manner no matter how, even if you're you're spraying blood everywhere like a yeah. perfect example you had on one of the most responsible people i've ever met on a set joe castro and um you know you had him on talking about making the mask he did all the blood in both half cock and sitting duck and all of the gore and he's he's a creative genius but yes. everything he does um like in half cock there's there's the scene where blood sprays from you know all over a uh, a shower glass window uh ridiculously but and it's coming from two fire fire extinguishers that uh, that he had charged up at that point like even that just spraying yeah. blood from you know an industrial strength fire extinguisher even that is pretty serious and potentially dangerous stuff mm-hmm. um you want people who are going to handle every and that was his idea by the way the, to, to 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 do it that way it's beautiful um, <laughs> yeah i he, saw it, I was like, whoa so that's really cool knowing that was joe yeah he's he's an absolute genius um and one of the most passionate guys uh i've ever talked to like um sometimes he'll be passionate about stuff that that he gets angry about, but he's a very passionate guy when you're talking about monsters and, and movies and it really comes through in his work and just him whenever you talk to him. Yeah. He's, he cares. He cares about this whole uh, industry tremendously. He's somebody, he's the kind of person who were he not involved, who once in future smash is, is perfect for, because he grew up adoring horror movies and wanting to be part of this stuff and uh and his passion comes across in any conversation you have with him and he cares so much that he you know he tries to defend independent filmmakers and like tries to you know keep them from you know any unsavory business people like he cares about this whole industry tremendously um but yeah, people people with that kind of passion, that kind of love are definitely the people who will have these Blu-rays and watch them again and again, hopefully. Yeah. Because those true. are the people who actually own Blu-ray players. <laughs> very, <Yeah>. very true. <laughs> I really want to say uh, real quick to you about trust, what Ambo brought up trust. Is this, that's a big thing I learned doing uh, Once in Future Smash is that I I, I knew people like, like me and like find me entertaining and whatever that's that's great but uh the people that i got involved in the movie really trusted me that the movie was actually going to be made and that it wasn't something that that it's about the festival life but it doesn't make fun of the fest of the convention circuit it doesn't make fun of the actors and uh, afterwards i was like this is something that without your heads built up over years and I don't want to like take advantage or just take for granted. So since then other people have asked me to get people involved in different things and I've helped on certain things, but sometimes I'll look at the project and like, I don't really want to help, (laughs) not to help them. There might be fun people stuff, but I know people trust me and I don't want to get them involved in something that I don't really think is right for them. 
in that's uh, very that's very important um but just so you know uh with once in future smash right off the bat you you were not like like it was not neil a new producer this is neil's bringing us uh vc dupree neil is you know is getting an interview you know with Lorraine Landon. This is Neil is making this, you know, these great uh, cast members appear in front of the cameras. And I'm getting these drives like, how did you get this person? Oh, well, Neil had him on the show once, or Neil, you know, Neil has a friendship with this person. And, uh, and that was really impressive. You had quite a haul on that movie. Uh, and, and, all those different, all those different talents, uh, really made the movie work, start to finish. Yeah. So, so that was just, just my compliments to, you know, your producing on that movie. That was a big part of the uh, premiere was uh, that a lot of a lot of people involved got to see it for the first time and they liked it, and I was really happy about that because it, it would have felt. Not just bad, like oh, they didn't like our movie, but like I didn't want to get people involved in something that they would be like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. True, and people, I mean, especially kind of in the low budget or indie world, there's a lot of stuff out there that people make that isn't necessarily highbrow, you know, and that's cool and that's fun. Yeah. But for somebody to come to, for somebody who's living in the horror world to come to a screening like this. And see their stuff in this really like, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like, a, you know, like some sort of an elitist, but it really is intellectually like tickling, you know, like it really you you leave this movie and you're thinking about some of these moments again and again and how they hit and why they hit the way that they hit uh, and not every movie can do that. And especially not. Uh, you know, not movies that uh, that you know you would just come across. This is uh, I caught myself going off into something that I couldn't finish, so I just kind of <laughs> pulled it on back. I, I appreciate that. Uh, how about the the transformation the transformations of the transformations of Doctor Jenkins? Uh, how did you get involved in that? And for people not aware, can you give them? It's a hard movie to explain. Can you give them an idea of what that is? Okay, so it's weird for me because I didn't realize that I was the only person who actually understood what was going on when it was going on, <laughs> and so that's messed up. But <laughs> the transformations of the transformations of the Doctor's Jenkins Doctor is about a three-page script. Was it three pages, seven pages? Uh, it was an experiment that uh, that people started writing on Facebook. Hey, we want people to during the pandemic. We want people to act in a one person project, you know, or we want people to make a film. You know, we'll send you a script, blah blah blah. Just get involved, say you're interested, and let us know. And so I was one of a lot of people who said I was interested, and I received this uh, this two script. Page. Two, two pages. Pa- it was two pages. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it was two pages um and i th- like i looked at it and said okay so what they've done is they've made something that can be interpreted 
a million different ways. There were there there was description almost intentionally left missing, and mm. it was entirely left. And then there was an experiment where they it, it came from. I mean, now it would actually be pretty easy, but it came from an AI bot. All the all your communication was with, you know, an AI bot, which later on I learned was Bob Rose. The whole time I thought it was Michael J. Epstein. The two very closely share a sense of humor. Um, but uh, but all your communications with this AI bot and all your questions get answered in this kind of backwards, confused way, so that you even if you're asking questions, you don't get an answer that leads you to a firm decision one way or the other uh and so um i shot this as a one person you know as a one person myself playing i think three different characters and a lot of people did that because everybody got the same script i didn't realize that i didn't not everybody realized that they all had the same script, but everybody made this two-page script. And uh, and if you watch the movie, it's really interesting because there's a lot of creatives, a lot of really talented people uh, tackling the, these ambiguous two pages so cleverly and in different different ways, different approaches. Some people are sock puppets. Some people did animation. Some people did, you know, uh, 3D. Some people just, you know, put a lot of budget and money into it and, uh, and, and lit it beautifully. Other people shot it on their phones. Um, and it's a, it's, I think it's on who, is it on, uh, is it on Tubi right now still? I think it's streaming somewhere. I'm not positive. I know it's on, I think it's on YouTube and Tubi. I could be wrong, but, and I don't know which is preferred for, for people to watch it on, but, uh, but, uh, it's a fun watch. It's it's a it's a fun, interesting. Uh, what did it come to? Ninety minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's like a yeah feature film, you know, regular time. So yeah, it was people in the pandemic just... streaming on YouTube and Tubi uh, and some others. Anywhere anyone watches is great. All right. And you should honestly, if 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 you get the chance, a hundred percent, just uh, turn on the transformations of the transformations of the doctors Jenkins and, uh, and I've, it's a fun time. I've said, mentioned this once before. I think, uh, I feel bad because I was originally going to be one of the directors making it, uh, one of the things. And then I felt bad because I thought it was going to ruin their movie. Cause I'm not really sure what I'm doing. Cause the <laughs> idea was they were going to be like different, like yeah, a different scene in the movie that they put together. And then I ended up not doing it, but now I, I really wish I had, uh, but you had the coolest role and this was actually this was where i first really kind of met you was you moderated the premiere uh because it was this deep pandemic the premiere was of course you know a zoom premiere and uh and you moderated that and very nicely considering you were showing it to a bunch of people who were all involved and had no idea what they were involved in yeah, yeah. and i feel like a yeah. lot of jaws dropped uh about four minutes into the movie when they realized what had happened. Yeah. I'm not sure where that panel is. Cause it's not, we didn't put it on. Uh, it's not on without your head. And uh, hmm. it's um, Steven has it. So I'm not sure if it's, if it's like going to be part of the physical release or, or what, but I'm, it's out there somewhere, but it was interesting because like you said, 
you were the only person who knew what was happening like before. And so people noticed, found out at different times while watching it. Like once they started to see the repetitiveness of the scenes and like, Oh, everyone got the same scene. And I think most, most folks were, were happy with it. I know there was one that was a little disappointed, mm. you know, that it was, it was, it was not a, it's not a joke. It's more like an experiment. Like you said. Yeah. Oh, Oh no. I think I have to move around in the garage. To... Okay. Your motion sensor. Oh, you know what it was? My lights, my light died in my car. I thought it was oh, my outside good. door. Light, your light but... died in your so car. So I brought in, so I'm not a DP. I brought in uh so I this this camera light and this and this light that I used to that use for like EPK that, yes. for like e, uh, EFP interviews. And uh, I just set them up in my car. This is why I'm I, I edit and not shoot. <laughs> I was worried your actual car lights went off. I'm like, oh no, is this car gonna start now? That's where my brain went. Yeah, at so. one point during the interview, I was like, man, is my car running? Did I leave my car on in the garage? Because that would be for you know that would make for really it'd be a rough interview. <laughs> it'd be uh, historic. So, but I do think the transformations is 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 an interesting experiment that. Actually, over years, will be more interesting because it's like also a time capsule to a very specific time when people. Yeah, very you know, that, were, that pandemic stuff was really uh, there was a lot of creativity that came out of that. There was one thing I was part of where everybody wrote one page of a book or one page of a story mm. and or a script. It was a script. Everybody wrote one page of a script. And I think they made it into a feature script with it. each each mm. person they passed it to contributing one new page and then they read voices and made it into like a kind of an animated piece of art that was like a sleepover thing like right. when you're kids it's like someone start the story and then you say the word and and it goes to the next person and you just and go then, yep. and. exactly that's very cool yeah there was um i remember because we did the we did an interview on without your head with the, with everyone involved and i forget the name of it but it was almost like frankendemic or something like that and it was similar to how dr jenkins was pitched to the people where each one had a different scene and then but they all went out and made it and then they put it together as one film and it was hmm. uh, it was an interesting uh experiment brian lenano i believe was uh involved in that okay he's a really talented weird guy <laughs> he makes cool shorts very cool so you said that um that you were were you did you say you were working on a you know I know you said you were working on like an actual horror not that your movies aren't actual horror but a straight horror not like a comedy horror and um I know you've been wanting to make a feature uh since I've Okay known so you. so I have a script named uh, called Defenseless originally it was called Airbnb Blood <laughs> but it's not really a comedy and Great so time. It's a it's it's a great title if it were if it were a comedy right. because it sounds so much more fun. The film is the script is really dark. Like it's the darkest thing. I I, I am definitely on FBI watch lists for <laughs> my research into this movie. Like because I, I I didn't know you know how much organs went for, and so I had to like Google this stuff. Um, the title alone, though, defenseless, is already unnerving, really. Yeah. So, so that's where, that's where 
I moved it to that because it's actually about a self-defense guru who's stuck in a situation that she's spent her whole life preparing herself and other people for. And the people who put her in this situation aren't aware necessarily that, at least at, at the beginning of the story, that this is who they're dealing with because usually they have a very predator-prey relationship mm -hmm. um, where they they uh, take everything they can and every, I mean like every literal thing they can from people and capitalize off of it. In this case, they have somebody who has been... Okay. Uh, it was uh, how much for a healthy spleen asking for a friend. I'm there sorry. was a time when I when I was writing this, the, when I was initially running the first draft, like 2021, I could have recited that to you. <laughs> I had to learn some stuff. I, wow. I had to learn some stuff that I then had to go to sleep knowing. Uh, and that's, and, and, and I did it for like, I'm not just like some like gory, like if you read the script, it all, it means something. There's a purpose behind it. There's a reason why it is all as ugly as it is. But, uh, as we we're saying, you know, sometimes, sometimes that's necessary to make other points. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's an action thriller that uh, that just happens to go really, really dark at points. Mm. Um, and uh, it's won a bunch of it's won a bunch of contests and fests at this point. And uh, so I sent it to a line producer and I said, "Hey, how much if I were to make this thing?" And we worked it over and, uh, you know, on an, in an indie budget said that it could be made for right about $3 million, mm. to which every indie producer I know said, where, 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 where would we find $3 million? <laughs> so that's like my next hurdle to go over. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's my, my more immediate goal is definitely to make defenseless into something that, uh, that can, can hit on a screen and and kind of affect people mainly because i had to be affected in order to write it <laughs> so i don't want that to go to waste yeah the, the one good you know um independent horror though are movies that actually can make money at the theater so that's what you know something that's a positive there you know "Quote unquote smaller budget, you know, movies uh, that actually make money at the theater. It happens, yeah. Oh yes, and horror is breaking to like through. A drama at that much is probably not going to, you know, do much. A hundred percent. And um, and we, I mean, we've seen it even recently. Terrifier, um, before uh, before that, uh, Barbarian hit, which, you know, it's uh, and that kind of became this huge horror sensation that uh, smile came out and got a ton of attention because barbarian had just hit and suddenly people were going to the theaters to watch horror movies, you know, and to watch stuff that you, that was generally be considered a little more horror horror, you yeah, know, our hard horror, horror movies. Um, I think Ter it's weird terrifier too is, yeah, that's like super. That's a very extreme. Yeah. But even Smile, which I, I'm, it's weird to me. Some people really dislike Smile. I actually thought it was a really good movie, but it's a lot weirder and a lot more uh, hardcore horror movie than than I expected going into it. Oh yeah, 
it it grows and grows and honestly on a big screen i don't know i don't know what it would look like you know like on a on a tv but seeing it in the theater that tall image and again i i don't want to even spoil it because it is only a few years old that very tall image creeped the hell out of me i agree and it's got a lot of interesting themes in the movie i think people act like it's just this throwaway like run-of-the-mill horror movie but um, it was a lot about like PTSD and and, and guilt, and I just thought it was a really well made horror movie. Yeah, it deserved the uh, the praise it got, you know, initially. I think a hundred percent. And the people who uh, the the people who are making movies that do have something to say are the ones that generally will get through. You have to have a everything has to have some reason for being. You know, there has to be a reason that something exists at all. Because life is short, <laughs> not you know, like if we make the choice to devote our time to something, we want to get something from it. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of your favorite horror movies that's come out in the last few years? That is a great question that I do not even think I have an answer for. <laughs> It's always hard to be under any <laughs> any movies you liked. My only issue so, with Barbarian is that if they did a sneak preview at the end of our premiere at Fright Fest, and yeah. So, <laughs> I will I'll always have that against the Barbarian. I will admit that uh, I know the filmmaker of Barbarian. He's uh, he's him and his wife are very good friends with. Uh, my wife's sister and so they've been at every like big family event and whatnot and before barbarian came out he came up to me and he's like so tell me about airbnb blood <laughs> because, oh that's awesome well I the, i'd already seen the trailer for barbarian and i'm like because <laughs> you know I'm like, okay, well, I don't think it's the same as whatever movie you're making. And of course, you know, I had no idea what movie he was making other than what was in the trailer, which was really very, you know, which was smart, intentionally yeah. misleading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it did, it did at the time look like a very similar setup. Yeah. Uh, because it is defenseless, Airbnb Blood, defenseless is a, uh, you know, it is a rental situation where you know the renters are taking very cruel advantage of their rentees, which mm-hmm. I guess in a way is very similar to Barbarian on the Surface. Mm-hmm. But much like the two-page scripts, you can have something that's similar and go different places with it, and it'll be your own unique thing. It does go to very different places. Mm-hmm. Barbarian went to very different places. It did. It <laughs> did. It was like, what? <laughs> was Again, so did, so did uh, Smile. And, you know, um, I mean, even like, even like the remake of Child's Play, which I actually enjoyed I a lot. It. I like it a lot. I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh and people were upset, obviously, because it was a totally different movie than what they expected. But you can't, you couldn't have been the, what was it, 2019, 2018? You can't make a film about a voodoo priest giving a curse. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I'm sure that flew in 1988. And when I watched it in 1988 or whenever, 1990, you know, I was like, oh, wow, the voodoo priest did a curse. 
but they shouldn't be watching that and buying into that now. Mm-hmm. Like they had to change stuff around if they were going to do it. And the concept itself of Chucky is something that can live on and should live on, you know, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of mischief there. And that's kind of at the heart of great horror comedy. I think there was some stuff in the new one that, it's only hinted at, and I think they probably should have went a little bit more into, like, for example, uh, Chucky's watching the kids watching like a horror movie, and like that they, they enjoy it, and and I think the the idea is that the AI is like, oh, they're getting enjoyment out of this horror, and this and and so they, you know, they're learning from that, and and maybe I'm just reading too much into it, but I thought it was a, there's a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, in that's exactly how I took that that moment, and I. I think that's a that's an interesting overall concept of of the AI being like a a kid in a way taking in information mm-hmm. and what are we put you know about what we put out into the world and how it may be picked up by different minds. I guess they just taught because scientists are always so universally smart in everything they do decided to teach AI to be evil. And now they're talking about how they can't undo it. Wait, are you serious? I'm dead serious. I'll find it. I will. It's crazy. I just read it. That sounds like a good experiment. Let's find out if we make it because it always works out in you know stories beforehand. How it's evil. like that sounds like Terminator. <laughs> it's crazy. Let's see. Is this a scientist train? One day ago, scientists train AI to be evil. But can they reverse it? <laughs> so let's see. Yeah. I feel like I feel like this conversation on this podcast right now <laughs> is a scene from like the second act of <laughs> a movie in which this happens, and it, which ends with just like the destruction of Earth. Exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> in the arts, oh, where is in the this? old idea. Because you can do something doesn't mean he does that mean you should. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting because like I recently reread Frankenstein and kind of disagree with what I got from a lot of the message from it. A lot of the message. Oh, I went too far. I shouldn't have defined. I shouldn't have, you know, been so ambitious. And I guess like what you're saying is kind of that, but it's hard to say to somebody, it's hard to say to anybody, Hey, stop progress. And that's what we were doing. Even during like the the strikes, we're saying, well, don't use this for this reason. And that makes sense. You know? Yeah. Don't, don't put, you know, thousands of people out of work, but at the same time, once you have the ability to do something, how can you ever manage how it's used, especially in, you know, a capitalistic society where people are going to benefit however they can. Yes. That's the, that is the big part is the money part. Cause there are things like, you know, people could put crazy additives in milk in the beginning of the 20th century. And then they're like, Oh wow, that's going to kill people. So you, we need to stop doing that now. So there are rules and regulations that can happen, but. I think those things are they're more concrete, like eat this and be dead or eat this and get sick. But with AI, there isn't that. 
kind of hard, factual, raw data that says this plus this equals this result. So it's all conceptual of, is it bad? Is it not bad? Yeah, it's very. And it's, and it's if you look at like, just look at the way people take advantage of technology for their own purposes now between like email scams and, you know, social media scams and phone scams and the ways that people find to get your credit card information, to get your identity. So even if you say, well, here's the code of conduct moving forward for AI. Well, that's great for, you know, scrupulous types. But there's a lot of people out there who, once they have the technology and the wisdom to use it, I mean, it's weird. Apparently, you know, dark web is a real thing. People are out there just being malicious somewhere. Just like, oh, I want to, you know, do bad stuff. Which is what I imagine the dark web is. It's just like people out there doing bad stuff. Like here's credit cards and, you know, here's driver's licenses. Yeah. Social security numbers, body parts. Body part. Yes. That's yeah. in, in fact, all of defenseless takes place on the dark web, which is the one thing I didn't actually, I will admit, personally research because it seems, that seems like a, like, I don't know where it is, but it seems like once you get there, you shouldn't be there. So, <laughs> yeah. and so how do you trust, like, if once you're there, do other people like see you and they like jump on you? Like you're just innocently like, oh, I'm just going to check out the dark web. And then they just see you and target you. And then that's that forever. I don't know. I feel like it would be like when you went into the wrong AOL chat room. <laughs> Like, oh, no, what's going on in here? Excuse me. <laughs> I'll send you some links after. No. Yeah. So, well, that's very exciting. And we, I hope, hopefully uh, we'll see, uh, see this movie down the line. 100%. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, I hope that, uh, that all these interviews have gotten some, uh, some interest from people in seeing Once in Future Smash if they, weren't, uh, if they weren't already aware of it. Yeah, we got some people in the audience that seem pretty excited about both the movies. So yeah, it's great. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Oh, they told AI, um, I hate you. They brought the concept of I hate you. And that's... That's all it took. It's 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 just interesting article. Wow, it's quite quite something. But but yes. So in these dark times, throughout the course of human history, what do we have? Entertainment, entertainment, and community. Mm -hmm. That's how humans survive the crazy bullshit. This is a weird time. We are living in a weird time. Like, do you see? Like, okay. My my parents were boomers. They thought 68 was it, right? Because everything happened. And right around 68, the whole world was, was, was pure chaos, at least as far as the United States uh, perspective went. Now, I think, I think, you know, I don't see us in like 15 years, everything being totally normal. No, this podcast went to a place. No, I agree. Okay. I mean, I, I think this, this this coming year alone is going to be um, 
know. Probably shouldn't have probably shouldn't have started the podcast in a darkened car in a closed garage. It might not have set the tone the right way. I think we quite often will go off the rails a little bit with guests yeah. talking about real things. I think a lot of people uh, that are into horror are more open to observing the dark things in general. And horror is one of those experiences. And someone was on recently saying this as well, that it just does something to you. It's kind of like a purge. It's kind of like, hey, the world kind of blows in so many ways. And this horror movie is going to like give me at least a temporary alleviation of all of that crap out there. But I think it also says something about personality as well. Mm-hmm. To, to like, like there is exactly what you're saying. But if you are somebody who says, "Well, I'm never going to watch a horror," and horror comes on, or something that is in any way like objectionable to your sensibilities comes on, and you say, "Okay, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to turn away from this. Yeah. Uh, I'm never going to let this in." At that point you're closing yourself off from a lot of experiences and you're saying something about yourself mm-hmm. that, you know, you have to kind of be willing to watch and appreciate any sort of entertainment at some point, you know, when you shut something out completely, you're limiting yourself tremendously. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's unsafe for people sometimes. Because they either don't know how to, maybe they just don't want to have that in their sphere, like having that kind of feelings or thoughts about dark things. And I think for some people, it's, it is very unsafe. Like, what is that? What happens when you feel those feelings and think those thoughts? Some people do not want to go there. And that's fair. Some people have reason to not watch those movies. I know there's some people who've had trauma. They're like, I can't watch this because of these things. Um, and I think there's some people who really just don't want to be reminded of darkness in the world. And to them, that's what it is. I'm not saying those things are the universal reasons people don't watch horror, but it, like you said, personality, people are different. I mean, there's also, you, you brought up something really smart there. There is trauma. And, you know, in fact, for the sake of, of admitting my own hypocrisy, there's some stuff that, that, I will turn away from. There's a trend in horror. Uh, there's a uh, violence towards women trend in horror. And uh, we see it a lot at a lot of these fests where, you know, going in, you don't know that this is what you're going to get. And yeah. then you're just, you're just, it, it's almost like you're not watching somebody make a point. You're, you're watching a filmmaker indulge something that feels a little uncomfortable to you as a viewer almost like you're watching something that's going on in somebody's head that you wish you weren't part of and uh that's where i've actually i i will admit i've walked out of a few uh movies like that but i generally see one or two other people i know walking out at the same time so uh there you're right there is stuff that where, where there's reasons why but to just as opposed to just saying straight out, hey, if this is frightening or if this deals with the occult or anything like that, you know, but it, mm-hmm. it actually helps if you don't personally 
buy into or believe if you're somebody who deeply believes in the occult i could see watching you know a, a spiritual horror film mm-hmm. could be very upset exorcist i could see breaking people if they believe in you know possession if they believe in uh the devil uh for, it broke me as a parent for me it's a different type of horror movie it's a terrifying movie as a parent uh, and that's where it really, uh, that's where the movie lives in my mind at this point. Yeah. Wow. But, but yeah, if, if you deeply believe that there are greater forces out there controlling, you know, uh, our activities, then I could see how that would be upsetting to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so, <clears throat> interesting. Interesting. Where can people go to follow you, Aaron, to see what you're about? Okay. What you're up to. <laughs> First off, uh, on my Instagram is Abarokus Film. Uh, it's uh, it's just my first initial last name, film, Abarokus Film. That's also my email address, abarokusfilm at gmail.com. So if you find my Instagram, you just add gmail.com and you have my email. And then, yeah, and uh, I've also got a website. AaronBarokas.com that I try to keep updated. And it's funny because my website is much more geared towards like my professional stuff. So Mm -hmm. I'm talking about this with you. I'm going to get off this when this ends and uh, get home and uh, work on the family film and TV awards, Mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, and like, you know, a lifetime achievement for, for Bo Bridges, which is very different from, and that's what's on like on my website you see like the daytime emmy awards stuff like yeah. that so and that's like 90 percent of of my career time which yeah. again makes me appreciate clients like um not to knock the daytime emmy awards but it really makes me appreciate stuff like once in future smash and indie films and yeah if you have an indie film that uh you know that that you need to cut come my way for sure um but uh, the day-to-day doing, you know, the, the difference in, in styles between doing stuff for, you know, broadcast television and doing stuff that is, you know, scripted and fun and uh, mm-hmm. makes you, it makes you miss those days. Yeah. That's very cool. I'm glad that you could find the time to uh, to to uh, edit uh, the Once a Future Smash. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was good timing. That worked out actually really well. Um, uh, it was right when everything began being from home, and all of my clients at that point in time were from home. So I'd get notes on like I was doing DC documentaries when when that started. And so I get my notes on like whatever Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Batman documentary I was working nice. on at the time, which was actually a very good piece of animation. There's a really cool documentary on that Blu-ray. But anyway, uh, and then I get those notes, I do them, and then I'd have like Once in Future Smash uh, in front of mm-hmm. me, you know, and I'd get to work on that for a little bit. And uh, and it went back and forth like that with everything from that like World Series of Poker and then Once in Future Smash, and uh, and it was super fun actually. It was always like a real palate cleanser. I always thought that's actually that's actually a ripe area for a mockumentary is the world class of poker. 
I just thought like a Christopher Guest oh. style because you have so many different weird characters, and uh, I think uh -huh. something could be done there. Oh yeah, if you're if 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 you're still in the the hellscape of Twitter, uh, which I'm not there much these I don't yeah, <laughs> but uh, if you follow some of these poker players, they are really interesting people. You know, I say that in the worst possible way. <laughs> but no, so, I mean there are some there are some really really sweet players and really nice people amongst the group. But people who've made a living out of uh, the art of manipulation are very interesting people and definitely mm -hmm. worth like f find their social media, read what they're doing, unless they're just they're just people who just talk about poker strategy because that's boring as shit. But, <laughs> but the people who are like talking talking about life, they are. There was once a conversation. So there's there's a, a poker player who has been rich since he was like 20 years old. Uh, he's just won tournament after tournament, and he always lived with time. And there was a conversation uh, that I heard at his table in like maybe 2016, because I've been editing the World Series of Poker, no kidding, since the year 2011. So for wow. like 13 years, I've been editing that show um, every almost every season. And um, he had this conversation where he said, yeah, I probably need a new air conditioner at home. What what do air conditioners cost? Like 17000 18000 And everybody around was, oh. And they're all poker players. So, yeah. they can't, so they can't really, they're trained at not revealing anything. So everybody's like, well, I'm not sure what an air conditioner costs. <laughs> Says so he's feeling them out to be like a number to see if people are You're right. It could just about money. That's a good point. I never yeah. even thought about it until you said it. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. He could have just been hundred percent bullshitting. We're looking for tells, right? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Like to see how people react to like like I think we all made a face <laughs> thinking about what the hell, dude. No. That's like interesting. That. He's gathering their shock faces. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Yeah, well, it's a different way to look at it. But it's interesting. Yeah. I, I would I would recommend most people take a look at some of the World Series of Poker. Uh, I used to really they're, follow it a lot, honestly. They're online. Like, they're on yeah. Poker Go. You said you do follow. I used to. I I haven't really uh for last for a long time, but I used to follow it a lot. Yeah. It's interesting. The people. Yeah. The people. There's a lot of a lot of intense personalities there. I dated yeah. a poker player. I do not need to look at any of that. <laughs> Wait, someone who was in the tournament circuit? Commentary. No, but he was very into it. I paid for him to be a poker dealer because he was a great con man. Like, he conned me into that. So I don't need to know. This is kind of like my not watching a horror movie. Like, Wait, you paid him to, You paid him to get him a job? No, I paid for him to get the training to become a poker dealer, which was stupid. And this is what happens with con artists. They make I'm sorry to hear that. The things that happened. Learned a lot about human nature. Is he now a poker dealer? I don't know where he is, but I can imagine where I'd like him to be. <laughs> He's not a nice man. Fair. That nice man. That's okay. 
yeah i never you know it just is this helps just to say like i get what that kind of person is like well and, that's yeah i mean that's know. like you're you're <laughs> but 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 i think what you saw like i was at the i've been at the world series of poker just outside yeah. in the truck and then on the first day of the tournament there's a break and that's when the truck gets a break too so if you're working that's when you get to stop working for a moment and at the time it was at the uh not the flamingo the rio is at the rio and uh we'd walk in and you'd be suddenly amongst ten thousand sweaty poker players who have not stood up for you know five or six hours and who didn't care about personal hygiene before they sat down and it's it, it's an unreal like he was clean <laughs> yeah he was a clean person but yeah i mean to <laughs> but but like there was, was a person a horrible man but he was clean he had acts to keep him clean i don't know okay. if that says anything to anybody that, that is definitely in line with that person <laughs> It was a time. It was, it was a time. <laughs> yeah, I grew up playing poker a lot. Uh, I learned to play all the poker, blackjack, and all kinds of games um, when I was very young from my grandfather. And I remember it was even what is even in kindergarten yet, so it's probably like five. And uh, I re I always remember this is we play for money, and I cried because I lost all my change, and so my mom would give it back to me and my grandfather said no he's got to learn how to lose and i always remember that and so after that i was never allowed to get my money back if i lost that's good that's yeah. good but you gamble you're you're somebody you like to gamble too yeah but i always kind of remember that though like never bring more than you're comfortable losing so. and he also never plays like poker it's no, not I like don't like, it's table. not fun to play for me poker with like at the tables at a casino because the people get mad like if you don't play like straight by like mm -hmm. or they think oh you know you hit you 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 took my card it's not a fun experience and you have to be fast you can't yeah, i like to play fast. with people you, you can't know waste it's, your it's time. a lot more fun yeah, yeah. blackjack yeah, yeah blackjack i i just don't like to play any of the table games with people i don't know it's not really a fun experience for me but that's fair yeah yeah but do you you like axe body spray and so me I, yeah. I've never had, I've never used the X body spray to be honest. It's probably a good time. Yeah. Maybe you I don't use soap. I no, still make it. <laughs> good time. <laughs> I feel like I bought Axe like one time. I feel like it, it came out in the 90s, right? It it existed uh, in the 90s. Maybe. Awesome. I, don't know if they had it when I was in I high school. Know. I think it was a little that bit was... after I was in high school. So either late 90s or early 2000s. Yeah, that was before I met Neil. That would have been not long before I met him. So probably like 2009. So it was around 2009. Before that, I don't think I dated anybody that used X body stuff. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm an old spice. <laughs> oh, look at the old spice. I'm degree. Wag, but, yeah. He is a good quality. I, I feel like that's like I feel like that's like an old man thing, but. I'm degree yeah old spice well i guess old spice is kind of making a comeback like i have a nephew who uses old spice 
which is cute. It's very cute. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like degree is a quality. I think maybe my brand is degree. It's a quality mm -hmm. product. You know, it's an old man one. Ban. Are you familiar with Ban? Band, with the rollerball. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Is that that isn't made anymore, is it? I feel like I feel like it probably is. I'm so curious. Because if there's a if there's a customer base for anything, they'll just keep on making it till the end of time. <laughs> I'm reading what is Oh my god, <laughs> yes. Someone <laughs> just throws a can of on the ground like a smoke grenade and they just appear. I like that. I agree. I remember putting on and being like, oh, I don't think I like myself right now. <laughs> it's not like I can't say it is an actually horrible smell. It's just the like I think it's people the tend way to really they, yeah, like the way they marketed it and who they marketed it. Felt it felt like it felt like kind of uh you have your bag over with like some axe body spray in your bag here and a Maxim magazine underneath your your arm here as you'd be walking around, you know. It kind of felt like that was, you know, and focusing on your, you know, on 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 your alphaism. Yes, that's true. Do people still use like patchouli oil? I remember when I was in a kid, like my brother and his friend would use that to like mask the smell of marijuana. But I don't know if people. I don't know if people bother that. now because it's legal. That's so true. Okay, so this is a weird question. Was patchouli oil what was used on the cover of the Like a Prayer album <laughs> to make it on the cassette and the LP to make it because because that album famously had a, an, an an aroma when you really? buy it. Yeah, That's and it, I think it was patchouli. I think it was patchouli oil that was placed on every single. And so people in record stores would would comment that they'd open up the box and it would it be is. like unleashing something. It is. I just Sem like this up. Stimulate church incense. Mm. That's uh, that's fantastic. Because I was like, wait a minute. The only people who I've known who really are into patchouli are hippies slash potheads. So I was like, what is the what is the relation to this album? But that makes sense. <laughs> It all makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't know that. Did you actually, have the album? Yeah, I've never been. Not, but church, I was hearing so some Donna earlier in the day, and I was reflecting on, wow, this is a really talented person. Yeah, she she was awesome. She she was. I, she was the coolest person in the world. Like I I grew up with like material at the time I thought it was Cheerio Girl. But Material Girl, and like when you think about her career arc and how much she went through, so there's like. Just talking about artistic people and forgive i realize it's probably completely like you know uncool to embrace somebody like madonna but i think she's the best right that's good you have your that's good <laughs> i don't think that's uncool at all i think that's awesome that's i didn't also appreciate madonna as much as a kid but i found that i i appreciate things from that time very differently now I feel mm -hmm. like I have more respect for people's artistry that I was just like oblivious as a kid. Yeah, 80s were a very creative time when it came to music, when it came to filmmaking and music videos. Yeah. There was a lot happening. There was a lot in the air mm -hmm. that uh, we didn't necessarily fully appreciate, but 
I yeah. think that I think that for those of us who grew up in that time period, it really lends to our collective, you know, creative psyche. Well, I think there's a tendency um, anytime something's like big and mainstream to just feel like, oh, it's probably not good. You know what I mean? I mean, as I a five, us, yeah. seven year old, I wasn't thinking about if Madonna was mainstream. But that's the kind of stuff I thought of back then. It's a very by the time I was a teenager, a hundred percent though, that's where yeah, I was. Yeah. Anything, you know, I, I I was like, what Spielberg? Well, everybody knows him. He's crap. Give me some <laughs> Hal Hartley. That's not true. Spielberg's fantastic. I was dumb. You know, he's a great filmmaker. Yeah. Uh, I so is Hal Hartley. I wasn't wrong in liking him, but. But also he was from he was from like five towns away from me, so that kind of influenced my my fanism. Yeah. Well, we've kept you a lot longer than I told you. Yeah, I apologize. Oh, yeah. I, it's my no, fault. No, I rambled with you for a while. Because I don't, you know, forever. Yeah, I, I didn't say I gotta go. We'll just never stop. Yeah, I just didn't want uh, I didn't want your wife mad at you that we kept you. Oh, Unless it's my bedtime. There's like comes a time so, where I have to be ready to wake up tomorrow, but we're not there yet. So I'm like that too. I'm I'm actually I, I have like a cutoff where I go, okay, well, and you guys are on the east coast, so you're about thirty minutes away from my cutoff uh, where you are. Um, for me that's like okay, I, I need I need like a few hours before I wake up and start this whole thing over again. I have um, no cutoff. I'll stay here. Your until... doesn't sleep. He's one of those weird, doesn't need sleep people who can. If still... we were all in the same place right now, as yeah. we were ending this thing, the second we were all done with it, Neil would be like, "Does anyone want to go to the casino?" <laughs> That's how I was at, at nightmares, and no one, no one would go. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know what? We should have gone. That was that was. I, I take responsibility for putting for you know saying no to that and i think we should have gone in the end um but uh because we wound up being up to like four or five a.m anyway (laughs) but i was just concerned that everybody was already drunk and you're all like oh let's go to the casino like wait you're all gonna you're all gonna lose everything (laughs) you're supposed to get drunk after you go to the casino not before wait i remember wasn't sophia really into the casino idea yeah yeah we we won didn't she yeah, that was at um, Fright Fest in London. That's what it and we was. We went to, uh, I forget the name of It's a really, like, fancy-looking casino. And the I had went to Fright Fest a few years before that, and we went to the Hippodrome, the Hippodrome. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to go there, and they wouldn't let me in. They just, they refused to let me into the Hippodrome. And then, <laughs> but Why? I had no problem. I don't know. I don't. I think I looked too shady back then. Your, your reputation preceded you. They they knew about yeah. all your winnings in in Massachusetts. <laughs> they had like a dress code, this, like you couldn't wear a hat and all this stuff. This last time, but they just told me to take my hat off. But uh, the time before, they just wouldn't allow me in. I'm not sure why. But so we went in there and uh, we played um, roulette. And uh, Sophia was was really w- winning a lot, and Michael was like, "That's enough." And then wanted to <laughs> was she winning her. on numbers or on like black and red? Yeah, I, she her system was she just randomly bet on stuff, but but she, but she was winning. I don't know. It was very weird. Okay, it I was, know what... 
it was uh like slot roulette so it was electronic roulette so it wasn't like a person oh, spinning. Yeah, yeah. it was fun though i'll be honest and then like if you bet on a certain number and if you hit it three times you won like five thousand pounds and i was like that's impossible that's a lot of and money then, and then the person next to us did it and i was like wow, wow. like <laughs> yeah well, now it's definitely impossible because you're not going to get it after the person next to you got it. <laughs> exactly. That's when you walk away. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a cool time though. It's a really it's a really like well everything in England's old, but it's like old and it's cool. And then that same area, the last night, everyone went to bed, and I was like, uh, I'm gonna want. So I was wandering around uh, London by myself, and there was this weird dark building. And there's these two guys who just had black suits, white shirts, and black ties. And they're like, brother, you want to come in for a show? It's free, brother. And I was like, no, I'm good. And they like started running after me. Brother, why not, brother? And I was like, no, I'm good. So I, and then I went back to my hotel. <laughs> oh, dude, you were going to be the show. <laughs> Perhaps I would have been part of your movie. I would have been on the dark web. So We wouldn't be talking right now. <laughs> It was very weird. It was very strange. And then I tried to look up the building actually on maps, and it just showed it as an an empty building, like there was no name for it. It It's very strange. What? Oh, dude, you you did so good by by keeping moving. Wow. It was was very weird experience. But overall, it was a good time. Yeah, it was a good story. Yeah, good story. You survived, so. So uh, yeah, it's probably you probably shouldn't wander around by yourself in a in a place you're not familiar with at three in the morning. But... Well, at least you speak the language, you know. <laughs> I had I, I was in Paris, and uh, somebody I, I was alone in Paris traveling when I was like twenty years old. I had my little like, backpack over my side, and uh, it was in the subway system. And someone comes up to me is and I don't speak French. At the time, I had taken French class, so yeah. I had I had this. I had je ne parle pas français. Parlez-vous français? Oh oui, oui. And and he's yelling, and he's yelling at me, and he's backing me up towards the subway track. Oh my god! As he's oh, wow. yelling at me, and I'm getting closer to the subway track and closer, and he's in my face, and I don't know what he's saying or what he's angry about. Um, he could just be telling me my shoes were untied, but, you know, very aggressively. Um, but I stopped moving backwards because I didn't want to fall into the, the subway track. And as soon as I stopped moving backwards, he takes his fist and he, he goes like he's going to punch me in the face. And I kind of realized, OK, I can't do anything. I The last thing I wanted to speak to French police about getting in a fight in the subway mm-hmm. uh, and you know that that won't go well for me. I don't want to fight this guy and wind up on yeah. the you know on the tracks. So I kind of just got to take a hit here. And so he did this, and I was like, like ready, like okay, if you're gonna hit me, go for it. You know, probably duck, but you know, I'm not gonna do anything. And then he just walked away. Wow. It was, it was like a weird thing that in that in that situation, I made a decision. I just have to kind of get punched right now to avoid either getting put in prison or killed. So wow. 
that's a cre- that's a crazy story. I'm glad you did not get punched or pushed onto the tracks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why he I to this I wish like I could remember the words he was saying so I could like use Google right. Translate now to learn why he was so angry with me. Did he like otherwise seem he'd like he didn't seem inebriated or anything like that? He seemed like just No, he just seemed like a guy who was mad. Um wow. I mean maybe he was, you know, a crazy person but i mean he just seemed like a mad guy to punch them is probably there's something's up something's up maybe you thought i was somebody else it's possible i've had that really that people want to hurt you because you look like someone else so one night my wife and i are leaving my sister-in-law's engagement party at my at my in-laws uh, house you know my my uh at my wife's parents house we're leaving their engagement party and there are some kids driving around you know some these rowdy like valley kids in like you know some really nice suv and at the time i think i was driving my uh my uh 2011 honda elantra and uh and I guess they'd just been engaging with somebody else who they thought was me and they were right away coming after us. They uh, pulled up to, so that they could be like the, our car was nose to nose with theirs and turned on their brights very like threateningly and just stood there, not, not letting us, you know, and it was a kind of a thin street. You could, there was no way to move around. And uh, at that, you know, that point, I was like, uh, what do we do? We're going to, are we, and this was, my wife was in the car. Wow. And I was like, are we just, are we going to fight with some teenagers right now? (laughs) What's going to happen here? (laughs) We're going to, what happens? They, 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 I, I mean, I was just waiting for them to do whatever they were going to do. And which I guess is, kind of the pattern in these stories and they 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 kind of they backed up and drove away and and threw a bottle of something out the window of their car uh anyway always a weird experience because i feel like they were engaged with somebody else before it just felt like we were coming into the middle of an existing argument yeah Yeah. I, i don't know where i why i have that in my head but it really seems like it so it sounds like that could even be the same thing with this guy on the subway you've just got like the same guy double out there yeah exactly (laughs) there's some horrible double of you that's just evil creating chaos and destruction in the world and it's rowan atkinson people are actually the (laughs) (laughs) mr beans out there yeah rowan atkinson's great I used to get compared to him a lot and even to this day people are like you remind me of somebody i'm like it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much here. Yeah. Maybe there. Yeah. Well, it's worse people to be compared to. I think Mr. Bean's pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. Black pretty, pretty fantastic. Dave yeah. Denman says the 80s were a weird time. I used to hate Phil Collins. Now I can't get enough of him. I was like, right? Phil yeah. right. When he was pop, he was soft. Then later on, he listened to me. Like, okay. He knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm skilled man but he seemed soft when when we were when we were teenagers 
know? Like, I never thought I'd love Hall and Oates as a teenager either. <laughs> like, they seemed the softest of the soft, but uh, listen to them now, you know, you can jam along that, to that. That's actually a good point. A lot of stuff now that, I, that if, if it comes on, I'm like, oh, this is fun. But, like, as a kid, I was like, eh. I think it was actually more rejecting of popular things in favor of things that were considered lame. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I like the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix and stuff that was older than me. That was like rock. Yeah. So. But they were, I, I feel like the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix were always kind of considered like now I think there's a trend against the Beatles. But really uh, I think I see people who will outright say they're the worst rock band of all time. And I'm like, I mean, come on, maybe you don't like them, but let, let's be like, that's but if you like rock, you probably, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the worst of all time. I mean, you know, it might yeah, be a little bit of hyperbole. You might not be strange. aware of their full catalog. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, like, it's, it's, I don't think that. If I just listened to like their first album and was and somebody told me this is one of the most successful bands in the history of music, like and I'm like love, love me do, I'd be like, whoa, yeah. why? What happened? I hated those albums. But like, Sergeant Pepper's Abbey Road, yes, good stuff. Yeah, the White Album. Yeah, that one. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. So it was like kids were listening to you too. I'm like, fuck you too. <laughs> You're like, I got Rocky yeah. Raccoon. <laughs> Don't yes. forget to hit hit the like button here on YouTube. <laughs> the Maxwell Silver Hammer song. I was so into that. It's like this is horror. It's I did a lip sync to that in in high school. Like in my <laughs> high school drama class, I did a lip sync to Maxwell Silver Hammer, oh and I was like jumping on desks and stuff. That's incredible. You. And what did they think? Well, that's how I learned that my drama professor was a diehard, or drama teacher, was a diehard Beatles fan. Nice. Uh, and he, he like, later on explained the nuances of the song to me. So, yeah, he was on board. The class was on board. Awesome. And uh, I probably shouldn't have brought an actual hammer into school that day to do it. <laughs> And if this were today, I'd have gotten in oh, so much yeah. trouble for that. But it wasn't today. It wasn't. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. I should have been in drama I. club. I've made so many turns, including the horrible poker player. There's been so many wrong turns. But here I am today loving this. This is awesome. And your Maxwell See? Silver Hammer. You can still do drama, by the way. You can still like join places and 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 do that stuff need to i need to that stuff's fun yes i need to i miss free time um, right yeah free i would like to is... take acting classes especially after watching my performances and mm, someone may have suggested that many years ago perhaps you did good uh, well um you did good in multiple roles in the uh in the two film epic that is end zone two and the once in future smash i appreciate that i actually i i, uh, I was just joking before i, I do think it's uh I, I think they're fun i love I, actually, I really do think the, the diary seat is good what are you saying That's what i was gonna say it i was gonna say when i saw that and you're like faces in the covers like 
oh my god this is amazing it's it so fun i remember you sent that to me like i feel like did you shoot that on your phone yeah i shot it on my phone on your... yeah on my in my bed <laughs> yeah i remember getting that and looking at it be like this is gonna be in a movie and it's a hundred percent gonna work like it, i love stuff like that stuff that like you're like is this really in the movie? Like it was <laughs> definitely a hundred percent shot on your phone. It was a hundred percent like we're 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 getting some exposition in here, but it was fun and it worked, and uh, and it was better than we had something previously that didn't quite sell what the film had turned out to be and with the direction that the film had moved in. So that made a big difference. And that's that was a cool thing about doing it over the course of two years, too, was that as I mean, there were pickups, there were fixes and there were things changed as we saw where it was going based on kind of the new footage that was coming in. Oh, we talked with Michael Sophie when they were on the last time. Like originally there was going to be one uh, person that ended up being like multiple people doing these little parts, but there was originally like a narrator who was, we were trying to get like a Joe Bob or, or, uh, you know, someone like this to do that. And then it ended up being like split up into multiple people. And I think that works better in the long run because it got more people involved. And, uh, I don't know. I think it seems more like a, like a documentary that way. Yeah. There's a, it goes personality to personality to personality, which is cool. And by the end, you actually really know the personalities. Mm-hmm. And uh, and some people that, you know, you see to this day in other documentaries specifically, like, um, I can't think of her last name, Heidi... Honeycomb, is it? Yes, Heidi Honeycutt. You'll see in documentaries on Shudder and, you know, I'm like, hey, she was in our movie. And, you know, uh, it's it's really cool. It adds a sense of uh, authenticity to it that you're actually using experts who um, and what's his name, who hosts horror trivia and is a writer and producer himself, whose name I'll never think of. But I've met is a very nice person. But. Oh, well. We had like four different. I I think he was actually he was actually just at at Coolidge last week. Um, Oh, I forget his name, but he was doing. He's the guy who hosts uh, Giallo January, right? Yeah, and he came up with and he came up with like Gridiron uh, Massacre uh, and some of the stuff that we used. I think he ad libbed them as they were going, and we just wound up, you know, okay, we should make a poster for this. (laughs) Yeah, I love the posters. Uh, I have to see if I still have them because I would like to send this to Annabelle. I, I think I'd sent when I sent you all the things when I was doing the diary scene because yeah. I had a problem with the blank. My I had the the sheet and it would sometimes it just fell down <laughs> while I was talking and would land in my face. And I think I sent you a couple of just because I thought they were funny. <laughs> but but uh, I'd be in the middle of whatever I was saying and the blank would just fall down in my face. I feel like it just really sold this idea of all the different personalities and just the idea of blogging and how ridiculous it is. It just made it even more. Well, sometimes. Wow, this is ridiculous. (laughs) Sometimes when you're not on like a three hour journey of the soul. (laughs) 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 But, uh, 
letting the gray beard grow in in case in case uh we do any more bob stuff here in the, in the near future mm. but i did uh another thing i've noticed in smash is i'm like i'm like a very unkept but i was we were actually gonna film more backwards bob stuff and so mm -hmm. i left the hair like real shaggy and the beard and stuff but but we ended up not doing that but but i look very different in once in future smash there is extras blu-ray extras content of backwoods bob that didn't nice. quite land in once in future smash because backwoods bob himself was interviewed during the behind the scenes of ed zone 2 um and almost wound up in the once in future smash uh which was that's going to make for some cool extras content and i apologize again and it was not in the movie but so no, neil had these awesome interviews uh where he was like sitting on like a wooden deer and uh and being just full-on backwoods bob uh as if like they're just a movie crew that came to town and they just let him be in their movie so, the little backstory <laughs> is that so we talked with the the ladies before as everyone had uh, came up with the name and where i was supposed to come up with the name for who played backwards bob and then i had the idea like what if he's just himself there he was just some guy that was out in the woods that they found and they put him in the movie and so then we did the interview that way mm -hmm. that was a very fun uh time i remember we went out it was right outside the cabin and there happened to be a wooden deer or whatever and we did the interview right there and it wasn't you know it wasn't scripted or anything we just and then they kept really filming it. I was like, did they going to tell uh, you to stop here eventually? But I guess they were enjoying this. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. It would be great if you did the, if you did, if Backwoods Bob did the commentary and saw his lower third and was like, why are you calling me Backwoods Bob? <laughs> <laughs> Has, have people just been calling me that? <laughs> I would like, I, uh, I would love to do Bob again at some point for anything. Mm -hmm. Trying to track it down for an interview. I think Backwoods Bob should host every screening of the Once in Future Smash End Zone double feature. I would like there was yeah. which one was it? It was um it was the one we went to uh Annabelle, uh the one in Atlanta. Um and yeah, it was a cool idea. The guy actually wanted to do the QA with me as Bob, and I almost did it, but at that point I hadn't done like an actual Q and A, uh, like a long one because we were gonna have time, and so I was like, I would actually like to talk about the movie, so I didn't do it. But mm -hmm. it would have been a fun experience to do it as Bob in the theater. The Renegade Film Festival, Renegade, I yeah. Rene yeah. Renegade seems like a place for Neil rather than Bob. I think you <laughs> probably made a good choice there <laughs> because you could probably have some. I'm sure you had some good conversation there. Yeah, yeah. That was, you wouldn't have been able to have. With, yeah. yeah. Because mm -hmm. he he, uh, he had thought of good questions and, and got us all involved, which is always good. Just reading the chat. All right. Well, this has been fun, and I know Anna, it's yeah. almost Annabelle's bedtime. It's very close. Right. Yeah, we've been talking for like two hours. That's no. Yeah. My neighbors are probably like, "What's going on? There's light coming out <laughs> of his garage." <laughs> and you did a great job, honestly, uh, editing the movie. And I love your short films, Half Cocked and Sitting Duck. Yes, people should check those out when they when they're uh, when they can. Yeah, and well, I, I hope we'll do more projects together because it was fun and, going to the festivals with you. And, uh, I know this is 
that is the thing about the festivals because now that this is all coming to i'm like we have to we have to make stuff me and annabelle <laughs> have to start making some stuff together Absolutely. so we can so we can continue going to the festivals i know we can go but the idea of going and just being there it's nice when you cool. have something yeah. Because yeah. people say, well, what project are you here with? Like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm just here watching. And they say, okay, cool. You're not worth mm-hmm. my time, loser. No. <laughs> people <laughs> really do do that. They're like, like okay, because I go to fests, you know, when they're near me, just to, oh, I'm just here. Okay. And then they're talking to you, but they kind of want to talk to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> like, that guy over there made a movie. <laughs> And honestly, Annabelle, I'm really happy that you started coming to the festivals. Um, yeah, I would like to come to the festival uh, experience. Is really great it's awesome that you flew out to L.A. for Scream Fest. That's really cool. It was a great experience. It was wow. there in support of my buddy and got to see some lovely people, some of whom I'd never met in person before. It was just, just the whole experience was wonderful. I would like to do my six month sabbatical from work and just go to a hundred. Okay. You guys should honestly, you should go to the fests and do the show from the fests, just set up in the media booths, wherever they are. And that would be, that would be a a fun series of shows. We did the Brooklyn one. Yeah. I was really pushy about it. I was very pushy. Like it's gotta be this got to, and it ended up being great. I gotta, I gotta ask some people out there for some advice on better lav mics, because that, that that take out a lot of the background noise, because that will help when we're doing stuff like out and about. Yeah, yeah, especially ones that work with a phone, because I do like the live streaming off the phone. It is kind of yes, it's helpful. But I'm sure that I'm sure there's all kinds of technology out there to, to help with that. Trust me, you need to put wires on people though. If you're gonna if you're gonna interview guests, you gotta put the wires on because otherwise your guests are walking away with your mics and they don't even realize it. They just put it on their lapel or whatever. You're interviewing them. You turn around to go to the next person and they're like in the crowd somewhere, not even realizing they still have your mic on. The ones we have now work fine unless we're in, uh, but maybe nothing will help when we're, when we do live streaming in restaurants, Annabelle and I like it. The background noise is very bad, but maybe there would be nothing that will really help with that. Like a unidirectional, like a, a little shotgun unidirectional like there's a uh there used to be a sennheiser which was called like an mke 200 or an mke 400 and it was a tiny little shotgun made by sennheiser that actually gave really decent sound in the direction that you were pointing within like two or three feet oh. you get beyond that and it's just you know you hear the whole world yeah. again yeah but right. anyway I'll say goodbye to you guys. Really good speaking <laughs> with both of you. A lot of fun. Yeah, I'll say, Aaron, anytime. I'm always happy that you're at a, a festival that I'm at. We're at because I always look forward to meeting you. I always look forward to seeing you. You're a really fun guy, and I mean that, not just because you're yep. here. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of fun in the last few. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Be it's well, guys. Have, you as back well. Anytime. And Absolutely. and. Please, people, like, look into Once in Future Smash. If you're still watching and you don't know what, you definitely look into it. Just learn about it uh, and, you know, read up on it because it's going to be it's going to be a fun release. Mm-hmm. And I had yeah, to I had to say that, you know, it's yeah, true, right. but I also had to repeat it. Yeah. Michael and Sophia would be very mad. Otherwise. <laughs> 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 they're, they're very vicious people. They're very angry people. <laughs> Good night, right. guys. Good night. Great to meet you.
Good meeting you. Thank you, Aaron. All right. That was a good time. Yeah. Wow. I can't believe that. We're here. We are near the 11 o'clock hour. Yeah. This worked out because I had nothing planned to talk about besides our guests <laughs> and, and to watch Severed Limbs this Sunday. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Severed so Limbs. Independent oh, oh. horror films that you can see online for free. For free. Through without your head because Neil is awesome and he spends his time curating the stuff, watching things, deciding what stays and goes, having to piece them together. And uh, people watch it for free. And you can also chat. It's not even that you just get to see movies, which is awesome, but you can also chat with that experience. A lot of yeah. times there's the creators are there, the actors, the different people involved with the films might also be in the audience to chat with. So sometimes there's networking or just appreciation from the audience. And uh, it's really cool. It's a really cool experience. Yeah, I, I love it. We started it during the pandemic um, when everything shut down. And the original idea was, you know, when things went back to quote unquote normal, that'd be the end of them. But they've been such a fun experience. Uh, it's been, you know, it's just a part of without your head now. Mm -hmm. It's more that whole community thing too. Yeah. Definitely, and yeah. it's a so I I I moved them to Sunday, so hopefully Ambo can join because I know it's it's. Uh, what time is it? What time does it happen? Five o'clock works for me. Five p.m. It's always hard because uh, it's very it's an international thing, and and people on the West Coast, East Coast. So I don't want to do it too late because then people in in England and stuff. It's like I don't want to start it at midnight and run till you know five a.m. for them. So. Five's pretty good. It's a little early, maybe on the West Coast. Little yeah. late in England, but not too late. It's like ten o'clock, so I think it's a good middle ground for everyone. Yeah. Plus, it's Sunday. Late. I think is a lot of people. It's a day to wind down rather than be out and about busy. So I'd like to think not just from myself, but maybe it's a good day for other people too. I hope. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very, it's very fun. Um, I've seen a lot of the because uh, I made the laurels this week, and a lot of folks have been. Um, posting the laurel laurels on their posters on inst Instagram and all around that makes me happy. And so I hope a lot of the filmmakers and everyone here with, without your head, the audience come and watch. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Dave, it's so, good to see you in the chat. He's concerned about spamming the chat to death. Yeah, I've been seeing you out of the corner of my eye and I'm very happy about being mentally healthy ish. I'm, I feel very similar. I'm much more mentally healthy-ish than I was before. And it's good. Yeah, it's good to see our friends here, John and Dave. Yeah. And all the folks. I was talking to uh, some people earlier about some stuff with Psycho Ape 2. Ooh, Psycho Ape 2. Greg and Addison and Jimmy. There's some uh, good stuff I'm seeing in the posts. Addison's been really good about putting out some pretty significant posts lately. It's exciting yeah. to see the build up towards the release of Psycho Wave 2. Yeah. And you made a great shirt. I'm trying to find the pic. I was so happy with it. It was very fun to make. I'll be perfect. It was really fun to make. Um, and I was Our Todd and uh, and Bill were so happy with it. Yeah, our beloved Todd Yeager, before he was doing our um, reviews for us, we were friendly with him. I don't know, Neil, how did you find him? How did that even happen? 
It's a good question. How we how I first got in. Um, Cause he really like know. basically said, make me a shirt. Right. Yeah. It was the, the, yeah, I'm not sure. Oh, I know what it was. Um, so I had, I, I had a fiver for a little while, which I should like put back up where people mm-hmm. could, um, you know, buy to make uh, pay to make, uh, their eight bit guys. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he had contacted me about making one for yeah for for him, and so I took I actually took a couple different photos of him, and then also like the yeah he used to be a model for um for this fanzine uh, hippie dick, and so I incorporated that and and I made it and uh, he loved it and this it's the actually the biggest selling uh, slasher man shirt. It's really. Like a, uh, yeah, wow. uh, the only one that also, uh, the choose your own choose your slasher sells a lot too. But but mm-hmm. both those two off off the T public. Does he know page. that? Yes, yes, he does. Oh my god, that's exciting! And I just yeah. found him through you and just seeing like here's this like wild man. He just seems like a nice, fun guy, and it turns out that's very true. He's just the nicest guy. And uh, yeah, he ended up getting involved in Psycho Ape 2, and that's part of the Psycho Ape 2 experience. I'm so proud of the name Sirloin. That came up, I think you were at the other end of the table. It was after, yeah, um, yeah, we were at Denny's and we were goofing off down our end of the table, and Sirloin is just meant to be. So, yeah, that's it's. It was very fun. It's actually a little bit different than the regular Slasher Man. Uh, uh, they're not like this. They're different than the the, the regular Slasher Man guys are are, are basically um, the Mega Man sprites, mm-hmm. you know. But I change them. These are more like um, free style. But I don't know. I was really happy. They're your own. Yeah. You're not just limited now. You're doing your own. And I'm amazed how well things come through with what you do. It's, it's amazing to me. Honestly, I'm like, dang, he's doing this with like a few pixels. That's mind blowing to me to be able to take something. It's very tricky to have um, the character and like any expressions come through. And I'm very happy that it worked. It took a long time actually to get Bill's uh, expression right, I think, on this one. Yeah, it was really <laughs> hard to do. And his but, um, red butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was literally smiling the whole time I was making it. It was, so it was very funny. fun. So funny. Dave, I love Peter Gabriel. I went to his concert maybe half a year ago or less. I have always loved Peter Gabriel because I remember Sledgehammer video and it was like, holy shit, this is the best thing ever. And uh, ever since then. It's the video. It's got those dancing chickens. Yeah. Like, oh my god, it's such just such an amazing video. So, I've continued to love him. What do you like? Oh, (laughs) Dave, what do what's going on over here? (laughs) What is that? On on the the on the where is where. On that one, it's actually it's he's he's got like the cod piece on. 
The the hippie All right. dick one. I was like, wait a minute. The hippie yes, dick one he is exposed, honestly. But I can't wait to see this scene. Because this is really is a scene in this movie. Right? Exactly. That's beautiful, John. John is such a wordsmith. Sirloin, master of meats, ruler of roast. That is yeah. very good. He is a mass, like a master wordsmith. It's so true. Oh my God, you people. I'm thrilled about the... Uh, I'll I'll push my, my tiredness a little tiny bit. I enjoy. Because you two, I still don't like Dave. I didn't mean to imply that once I was blind and now I see, I don't like you two now as well. Oh, okay. so I'm not a you two person. For a minute, I, I thought tried. they don't like you as well, like you too. They don't have to like me. I don't hate I them as humans. Like you too, as you oh. T O O. I was like, whoa, <laughs> what's happening? Uh. <laughs> I did. I also I was like, what's happening? But uh, then I got it. <laughs> Should uh, I show the rest of these real quick? These uh, the Who shorts. I feel bad that I showed a couple. Are they? The rest of the shorts that we'll be playing this weekend. Oh yeah, yes. I'm glad that came up. Absolutely. Um. What is so this? we may live. A frightened little girl oh, tries to find a safe place up. to hide when scary things come out at night. Oh, I think this is a great poster. It's just hard with the black background, but it it's is, cool. Yeah. It looks like a yeah. file box, maybe. Yeah, it's like a box. I think it's actually a puzzle and a few things. And oh. then there's a hand like coming out. I see the hand part. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's hard on the on the small thing here. Beware of D. Beware of D. A trio of women en route to a concert find themselves in jeopardy when they run out of gas and end up on the ominous auto wrecking yard with a witch problem. What is this demon dude in there? He's the demon. A demon. I actually didn't notice the demon at first, but I'm losing my sight. So, wildlife, wildlife nightmare. nightmare. A short PSA about animal cruelty. Donate to the Humane Society to end animal cruelty. And this Yikes. is by our friend Richard Bergen. Really interesting. Did fang. Yes. Interesting. I'm scared. I am. I'm afraid. Does he eat meat? Um, that's it. I don't know. I don't know, actually. Because it's not like he said donate to PETA, which right. would be fine. Mm -hmm. But I'm scared about that. We'll see what happens. Garden sequence. A woman walks through a garden with the increasing sound of bees. Also by Richard. Interesting. I like how he has animal themes. Ooh. Blood waters. A bathtub full of blood, a mysterious hand, a woman discovers it. Now, that is that is a great blurb. That is not pleasant to look at. It seems super gross to me more than other things. Down clown two. I think it's down two clown. Down two clown. All right. All right. A that makes more sense. A grisly tale of two young lovers who unwillingly meet their deepest fear timeless parable and direct to vhs rolled in a slice of baloney i like how they put creases in their um poster art yeah it's very cool and, and i like that their company name is bad ombre films oh oh my god i'm in love already 
Hey, do I recognize any of these people? Uh, well, actually, um, I believe uh, Sophia is the uh, was the DP, director of photography. Oh. Sophia Cassiola. Yes, this is okay. Demon I'm sold. There's Fire. a Muppet. Sully, great Muppet. It is. It's. It's. Uh, I've seen this one actually play at uh, several festivals, so I was very happy they sent this in. Sully is a little slice of hell who finds himself on our plane of existence with a quota of souls to corrupt before mm. you can go home. With a schnoz that can smell trouble three dimensions away, the best way to do that is as a private eye. Mm. But when Amy Lovegood, when A.B. Lovegood walks in his office, the tingle in his short and pricklies tell him his existence is about to go through a shift of hellish proportions. And uh, I do have actually very um, uh, sad news here, though. Uh, director oh. and writer Travis Heerman uh, was in a um, a really bad car accident and is in a coma currently. Oh, no. Wow. When did that happen? Just recently. Oh, my God. That's terrible. Wow. Um, hopefully things go well for Travis. Yeah. Uh, we actually have a trio of these. We have Krampus 2, 3, and 4. I believe we played Krampus 1 at a previous mm -hmm. one. And Matthew, Mark, Hunter sent in the next three. Krampus 2, 3, and 4. This one's 3. Going out of order here. But <laughs> Krampus 3, Hell Awakens. Lexi writes a letter to Santa to handle her sister after she rips up her old one. Santa hands the letter off to Krampus where the hell will awake for these kids in this Christmas horror short. Whoa. Cramp that's a Cramp neat little dude. That is. Looks almost handmade, doesn't it? Do you remember? I just have this memory of they were just like that from when we would have been super, super little and they were like bendy too. Ah, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it was. It was like that and they were a little bendy. Oh my God, that's like from my deep, deep childhood. I wonder if it is one like just kind of made up a little bit, you know? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. That's happening like weird. Cult members make an old toy maker create a demon puppet. He names Krampus to bring forth the full power of Krampus. Krampus must feast on the lives of children. Will he claim all the kids he needs? Or are they strong enough to fight back? Wow. How, how frequently did these come out? That's pretty impressive. Um, Yeah, I think they were over time. I don't know if he did one every year. Because uh, part wow. of our rules is as long as we've never played it before, you can send it in. It's fine to me if it's uh, older. Yeah. A cool. babysitter and two kids are visited by Krampus and his terror toys. The kids try to fight back against trains, dolls, nutcrackers, robots, Christmas trees, bears, lights, elves, Holy shit. ears, clowns, and Krampus himself. Oh, my God. That sounds Damn. Cool. That's a lot. So you what? Think Christmas what? What is this title? <laughs> Electric Nazi Werewolf Santa from the Moon. 
This my is brain our, is trying our... to grapple with this in my imagination. <laughs> I don't know if what the like if we talk about like alignment, like what is this a mm. villain? I would hope a Nazi would be a villain. I would think so. But then yeah. it's Santa, mm. and Santa's. I don't consider Santa to be a villain. No. I like but werewolves, but they probably are villains. I don't know. This is just madness. I'm so curious what's going to happen here. Plus, he's from the moon. I know. That's really up in the air. This is from our a friend. Trip. I don't know. Troy Olke, who uh, did a bunch of shorts at our last one, which were very fun. He did the um, the Psycho one. Oh, Remember when that he was, was really the, good. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah. That was really good. Just a real quick. I don't think you even need a write-up with that title. It says The Christmas Eve of Destruction. Wow. Oh. It's funny we have a lot of Christmas-themed ones. I like this image. A 2020 Christmas story. As if 2020 wasn't bad enough already. It doesn't even look 2020. It looks very it looks stylized real. to be old. Mm -hmm. I like true. it. Good point. Yeah. Shroomed. Whoa. <laughs> what is this? Oh my God. The more I look at it, the more I see I, all these like insane mushroom <laughs> beings everywhere. This there is, is that shit crazy image. It is. And there is a slasher man shirt of this, actually. Really? It's on Amazon, yes. Oh. Uh, I made There's a little bunny me. dude in there, too. Oh, yeah, it's a bunny here in the middle. Yeah. So this was streaming on um, um, Troma Now. And I believe its run has ended on Troma Now. So it is now uh, the, the creators decided to uh, send it in to uh, Severed Limbs. Cool. Nick looking for the new batch of shrooms with red dots. It's also dots. So it looks like troubles on the horizon for these people. Long time without your head uh, member here. Shannon Wallen is in it. I thought I recognized that person. All right. Man. Fish out of water. This Which, is a beautiful um, poster. For people who listen to our interview with Kirsten Cathew, who made Polaris, this is the original yeah. short film oh. that inspired the feature. Wow, it's beautiful. And I love that red. It's like it's I don't know, it's it looks like blood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's um, not but it's very pretty and it's not gory at all, but it, it implies more. This is very beautiful. An environmental horror about a woman who trawls for fish and catches more than she angles for. Hmm. I uh, this is really good. I'm glad that it was I love this. Though poster the witch's necklace Ooh, ha, yes yeah that's so awesome. that's the that's the uh, spanish title of color de la bruja awesome lulu and angelica go into an abandoned house to wander it is said to be haunt, a haunted place and between lulu's jokes they find an ancient necklace that could have serious consequences cool this does remind me of something earlier today. It's very nice to get this email. Um, 
we just had him on the show. One of the co-director of um, Blair Witch Project, Eduardo Sanchez. Yes, making making a new movie. And, nice. Uh, they wanted they wanted us without your head to uh, watch it and do some. Yes. And I was like, yes, we are very interested. That is awesome and exciting. Hooray! That is very cool. Mm-hmm. I feel very flattered. That's that's awesome. Might as well. Thank you. <laughs> the big bad. A, this big sounds very bad. fun. A twisted retelling of the three little pigs through the oh, eyes wow. of a woman hell bent on revenge against those who did her harm. This is super cool. I love this too. There's so many great posters here. I love it. All the different like window looking spaces and leg ham. Is there part of a ham not ham? I don't know if there's, yeah, I don't know. Leg ham, loin, ribs, bacon. Yeah. Now I want to know more about ham. What's your favorite part? Is that Uh, gross to think hmm. about? Well, what's your favorite body part on this wonderful animal? Unfortunately, uh, you know, pigs are very delicious. That's in it. Um, bacon. I mean, it's hard not to say I love bacon. I'm also a huge mm-hmm. fan of ribs, but I mean, ham's really good too, and the pork line loin. So mm. hard. It's a hard one for me. I guess yeah. I'm just gonna say bacon, but I like all of. Mm-hmm. I like pretty much. I've never had uh, a head or jowls. So. Up the street from me, like, I, like maybe twenty minutes away, there's a, a restaurant and they serve like that pig head. It's a Mexican restaurant, and you they like give you the pig. I haven't done this, but they give you the pig head. Yeah, and then you get some kind of like chip, and you just scrape off the face and eat it. I, would, I bet it's good, but I, I would feel weird with the head just sitting there looking at me. It's just so. It's not something I bet it is wonderful, but it is not, I guess, like culturally for myself, and I'm assuming for you as well. It's just not something I've done before. Yeah. For very, there's a uh, lot of back, stuff going on in the chat. Uh, my uh, family's originally from Pennsylvania, and they had a um, butcher shop. My great grandparents, and then like my great uncle, I don't know what they're called. Uh, but the, uh, anyway, I, I never had it, but they made head cheese. This is why you like Motel Hell and Texas Chainsaw so much. It's like Hell in your yeah, blood. Oh yeah, it's pretty. Mm-hmm. It is pretty rocking. Mm-hmm. Breadcrumbs. Hmm. A twisted retelling of Hansel and Gretel through the eyes of a tired father, played by past mistakes. These are both made by the same folks. All right, so I'm curious about. Like, I get that the hands are from that. Michelangelo painting right. of like Adam mm. and God. I don't I don't remember the title of it. It's the a big Sistine deal painting. Everybody knows Sistine, Sistine Chapel. Chapel. Yeah. I want to know more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a curious uh, connection there. I'm not sure. Yeah. I get the idea of a father through that, but I need to know more. Ooh. Monsters. After murdering her husband, Felicia somehow winds up in the home of Catherine, a strange lady who lives isolated from society, unable to leave due to poor weather. Felicia is forced to stay for the night. Hmm. 
Yeah, it sounds sounds like me. I'm the strange I'm the strange woman on this street. I believe that is all the uh the 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 uh, shorts. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. And you said there's trailers too. Yeah, so I can grab them cool. here if you would like. You're not going to play them all, are you? No, no, I can I, I can, can just show the that. <laughs> For some reason, it doesn't matter. But the um, I made a a, uh, a folder on the Facebook, but it didn't it didn't um, it didn't take my title, and it just says the date on it for some reason. But it's not a big deal. Um, Darla Cara. There's a killer in a little countryside town who rapes and disfigures young women, young women's faces. Local police arrest oh. someone, and a teacher meets a mysterious woman in the woods way back home. Wow. That's a really wild how there's like a shift going on with the image. Yeah. It's very, it like. Almost like. It's it very, almost uh, looks like something 3D. that would be 3D. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I wonder if you could see it with 3D glasses. That's a good question. I'm so curious. I have some near me. A Morphe. Where does that cry come from? That's all it says about it. So swirly. It's watercolory. It almost it makes me think about um one of those boxes that candy comes in, like the Valentine yeah. boxes. Mm -hmm. But it's like real. It looks like, like, like real food. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. It looks like food. Maybe I'm just hungry. Ouch. Poor, poor favor. Uh poor favor no me a uh, no me abandon is. Please don't abandon me. In the last years, Helena Helena has been living a happy life with Jesus, her boyfriend, but she has a dark and problematic past dealing with drugs and emotional issues. When she discovers something that makes her think the relationship will end, an avalanche of insecurities, anxiety, and mental instabilities provoke a violent outburst that changes everything. Regular life at home and at work doesn't seem to be easy when a crime has occurred. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. I'm always like, this looks like, uh, this looks like the era of, like, kind of is like the Christine cover-ish, right? Mm -hmm. I'm curious. Yeah. So this is an older short from 2010, but we're just playing the, um, the trailer, but it yeah. was thought to be a lost trailer. Shannon uh, sent this to me. Uh, Broken Spring, Shine of the Undead, Zombie Bastards. That's a hell of a name. Never before seen, thought to have been destroyed, ultra rare trailer for the award winning cult movie Broken Springs, Shine of the Undead, Zombie Bastards. It's cool. And uh, we will actually be showing the future film at an upcoming uh, Saturday fright. Nice. Shannon and Very Willie nice. Watts is going to let us play it. Unseen. Hmm. Hmm. Shadow is an unseen killer. So the killer being the hand behind the blood print. Mm hmm. Hmm. In the aftermath of an... What was that, sorry? I'm just noticing that there's like cool effects on whatever this it looks like. Yeah, maybe the they plexiglass cool. and roughed it up. Mm -hmm. It's cool. 
After the after the I'm sorry, in the aftermath of an unknown disaster, a mentally unstable man attempts to satisfy his conscience while tormenting a woman with an abusive past. Corn zombies. It's a corn much, zombie. Much different what? vibe than the last one. We have attack of the corn zombies. <laughs> This is, oh, Lynn Lowry's in this. Yeah? Sweet. Yeah, I see your name there. Sweet. Oh, cool. Attack, Attack of the Corn Zombies. In 1969, contaminated corn causes a zombie outbreak in a small Midwest town. Isolated and surrounded, a group struggles to survive the hordes to live another day. I mean, I could see, like, they're spraying mm -hmm. the corn with pesticides, and maybe that that's part of that. I don't know, I don't but like I love the name. I can't take it seriously, but I love it. Oh, Fang. That's Fang? a great poster. Yeah. I don't think I've ever cool. seen it zoomed in like that before. It's cool. Yeah, very nice. Uh, Richard, our buddy Richard Bergens, the Fang, will be just showing the trailer. After living with the stress of his mother's chronic illness and getting bitten by a rat in his house, a young autistic man starts slowly turning into a rat. The movie is now streaming on Tubi and uh, oh. Amazon Prime, I believe. Watch it. That that description is very brief. There's it does not do justice to mm -hmm. the movie. Like is it? You have to keep the description brief, but it, it's really I love that movie. Demon Hunter: Time to Kill says former guest Lisa Wilcox. Nightmare on Elm Street franchise on the hunt oh. to find the pieces of a medallion that can end the demonic control over Earth. Taryn is forced to go through time to save the future. Interesting. She's got like a time. The two there. lights. So is that also supposed to be like vehicle lights? It does look like a car. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. She looks like she's kind of on a track. Maybe it's a train. Here I don't know. I don't know. Ooh, scribbles. <laughs> scribbles from the crypt, a journal of terror. Experience the chilling depths of horror as Carmela introduces Scribbles from the Crypt, a journal of terror featuring four bone chilling stories. Each tale delves into the darkest corners of human nature. This is another one that's got like very great 80s vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah, that would be, I would totally, if I was just out and about in my life, winding down for the evening, and I was putting on some horror movies, some like goofy 2B old horror movies, I'd be like, yeah, this is the one. I want to check this out. Yeah. Oh, this has Heather Harlow oh. in it. Oh, nice. Pretty is that cool. her, like, near the bottom? I think you're right. The second yeah. from the bottom there, yeah. Good for her. She's doing really well. Yeah, she's in tons of stuff. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I know who's involved in this one. Toilet Zombie Baby Strikes Back. A special performance by Leonard Uncle Leo Cooper, who is played by Todd Yeager. Mm -hmm. Welcome you to the world of Toilet Zombie Baby Strikes Back. Feature film by director Jamie Robert McDougall. Toilet Baby. What's going on with the original Toilet Zombie Baby? I don't know. He's striking back now. 
was toilet zombie baby ever just toilet baby hmm oh that's interesting maybe the prequel he's just the toilet baby and then the prequel then they do a prequel to that he's just baby I have so many dark things in my mind right now that I'm not going to say out loud. They're like truly dark about this story. I'll let it be because I think this is supposed to be fun. <laughs> um, daylight to dark with a Tuesday night. A brother and sister stranded in an isolated town are beset upon by vampires and meet the cowboy vampire hunter who aims to slay them. Looks like a book cover of yeah, uh, yeah. like uh, 90s era book cover. Especially like the dots here. Yeah. That's weird that both uh, similar uh, see color themes. Um, the Gifted. After years of causing pain to others, Barbara's only hope is to confess her sins to a mysterious priest in his undead assembly. Undead assembly. My goodness, that doesn't sound like a good a good place to be. That's cool. I like Jennifer it. It's Pearl, Celtic. Yeah, Jennifer Pearl. We actually met at um at Renegade Film Festival. Oh, Jennifer Pearl. Which person was she? Um, I have a picture. Where would I her. have seen her in the party area or the the actual film area? Probably both. She was. Uh, she's in a uh, Vanessa, you know, to write movie that we played on one of the yes. shows. I'm gonna find her because I feel bad. I'm terrible with names. Invasion of the 1950s B movie narration. A fake trailer for a 1950s style monster movie, which only uses the narrative cliches of a man talking about science, newspaper headlines, and stock footage. By. Uh, Severed Limbs alumni, Andrew Buckner. An Andrew Buckner mess. <laughs> nice. Oh. <laughs> Beyond Terror. Trailer for upcoming horror film Beyond Terror, which centers around the cannibalistic entity, the Wendigo. By Does that say Wendigo? Friend... It says it's intentionally Wendigo, isn't it? Yeah. Not Wendigo, like the actual. This is the Wendigo. Wendigo. And this is by our boy Andre Van. Nice. Can, Andre V, our, our friend, colleague here. It looks amazing that I've seen this trail. Well, I've seen all these trailers, but this trailer this is, is really very well, talented I'm really person. Forward to uh, seeing the feature. Very talented. And a lot of things we talked about, but uh, yeah. we're playing the we're playing the. Uh, they, they also said in the trailer. So. Oh. Ooh. The Dead of Night. Now, this is a very spooky. professional looking uh, That was very spooky. Yeah, it's very well, very well made. A horror anthology featuring eight visions of horror from eight filmmakers out of South Texas by Jacob Grimm, who um, we met at uh, Texas Frightmare and has had on the show. Oh, dang, man. Texas Frightmare is a long time ago. It was the first he, when we went. We saw his movie at the time was playing. Uh, we went to it, and then we and then we had him on the show. He's just a good guy. I need to find out. I'm gonna look Dead, in your things and then seek people out. Deadly revisions to the director's cut. International genre favorite Bill Oberst Jr. plays an amnesia. 
amnesiac horror writer who becomes trapped in his own nightmare as the terrifying images emerge that may or may not be memories, madness, or both. Remembering can be murder. That's interesting. And that is all the like trailer. mess with your mind movies. There Dang. We are at a... the yeah, this has been the show. It's been so good. Let's say I really enjoy all this. So we had sirloin, master meats, ruler of roast, the proprietor of pork, the cultivator of kielbasa, <laughs> the lamenter of lamb, the champion of chops, the shalanger of shawarma, <laughs> shawarma. <laughs> chairman of the chicken bone. <laughs> The purveyor of pig's feet and the friar of falafel. Oh, we have more. The harbinger of hummus. The tyrant of tofu. He got John more. wasn't done. He's got another one or two. No, wait, it keeps going. <laughs> the harasser of the ham bone. Violator of the of the veal. The veal. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That's good. I love that. You guys rule. I'm going to have to uh, send that clip over to Todd. Yes. Todd's um, 13 will actually be up as its own show as well. Nice. Send it cool. to me. He's got a little added stuff of, uh, of some uh, ones that he missed for his uh, honorable mention. So it would be very fun. It's, it's very, it's well, not, not as long as our show is four hours, but it's like a 35 minute video. I'll be getting that up uh, very soon. Cool. Very cool. Todd's this a good guy. It's been a hell of a show. I'm so glad uh, the ladies of Endzone 2 got to talk about the movie. Yeah, they were great. They it was were really great. a great experience taking the movie. Yeah. We all you know lived together for a week. Made yeah. this movie. Yeah. Ate awesome. together. Drank coffee. I was in charge of the coffee. Oh, what does that mean? You have to make it? You're like, I just made some coffee, but uh, coffee but, but, I, but I made sure we always had some because I drink a lot of coffee myself. Yeah, so you're really food. looking out for yourself, is what you're trying to tell me. Uh, well, no, all of them wanted coffee throughout the throughout the day that you know I am performing. And originally, I was I was going to be the cook, and then uh, then my ended up being the cook, which I was happy about. Yeah, you really good food. Hmm. We usually well, had to make I'm... two different things. Because oh, there's a lot cool. of vegans there as well. Oh, makes sense. Please, like, the masses. The casket rats are going to play us out. Our music of the month. Good stuff. I don't know who's going to be on next week. Randy, um, Randy Heller from uh, Destroy All Neighbors once on. So does the. The um, writer who was watching Ooh. our interviews on YouTube, and he awesome. And was, so maybe we'll have them on. Yeah. I would like to get Catherine awesome. on. We'll yeah, I feel so bad. I need to see Catherine perform sometime because she does perform publicly. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm terrible, terrible. But I still think she's amazing. She's so yeah. talented. She's got a great story to tell. I'm not even going to bring it up until she's on the show. It's such a great story. All right. I'll get in touch with her. Catherine, come on the show. 
Maybe, uh, that uh, that would be good music a month down the road too. I know we already have one for next. Yeah, that month, would be very cool. Maybe in March. Well, All right. There's plenty of months coming. Yeah, there's twelve <laughs> of them actually every year. There's more. Yeah, exactly. There's many, many. That's a weird like ASMR thing, dude. What's this? Yeah, it's like. And then you just have to make like weird sounds. Is this making any kind of sound? I don't know. Anything? Not a very pleasant. By the way, Todd, thank you. Actually, I was trying to get this. I, I think I need, need a um I don't show address. Uh I need to get a frame. Aha. Because I was putting up I was afraid it was just going to fall. Right? So I'm going to yeah. a little nice little frame for it. And we'll Very good. Very good. Till next week, this is Nasty Neil. And this is Annabelle Lecter. This is without your head.